Before we begin the show, we would like to start with a message. Any views or sentiments that are expressed by our guests are not the views of the Tabletop Twats. We would like to put that up front and make that very clear. Additionally, all views and expressions in this show are for comedy purposes and are not real in any way whatsoever. Nerds International proudly presents... Coming at you live from a post office in Peckham, it's me, Nick Lambslice. Me, James Pumpkin. And me, Harrison Hunt, aka Shitman Shane. <laughs> and we are the, the, the Tabletop Twats. Yes, oh Ka-ching. my god, it feels good to be back. But today, ladies and gentlemen, we've got such a special guest on the show, you wouldn't even believe the money we had to spend to get this guy on here. Say hello, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Is that, <laughs> is that the best you can do? Your agent promised us a lot more. Yeah, well, I was, I was, I was booked in for two hours. It turns out it's going to be free, so you get a free hour. That's true. The negotiations yeah, obviously didn't, didn't uh, work out as well as we thought they would. Um, sorry, you're, uh, so, sorry to keep you so long. For those that don't know who Ryan is, uh, I don't blame you because we barely even know who he is. Um, I don't even know who I am. He's just a, well, he's just a mate of ours. So um, bear in mind, uh, he's, he's not the best at this and um, he's, he's abysmal. He stinks as well. So luckily this isn't a smell-based podcast. Yeah. And when we said special, you know, we went, we went in that way. Yeah, make, make of that what you will. Yeah. Special is in specially excellent. He's a special little guy. <laughs> Get slightly closer towards the mic, Ryan. Be professional. Don't kick it like you just did as well. <laughs> so, for those that don't know, this is an RPG podcast all about tabletop RPGs. And today we've got so many segments, you're going to actually shit yourself. we got the feedback side, we got what you've been slaying, we got the main subject, which is Savage Con UK. It's an amazing convention that we all went to. That's why Ryan is here today. And we've got the Chamber of Challenges, the Adventure Calls, Electro Letters, and our award-winning outro. It's going to be good, isn't it, Ryan? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> the, high, <laughs> the high levels of sarcasm. The hype yeah. is real. Right. I mean, Ryan's one of our biggest fans. Yeah, I've just yeah. about is three. This... <laughs> <laughs> but they were all excellent, so well done, guys. Yeah. Thank, thank, You're on thanks. your fourth now. Uh, yeah, 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 that's you it. Absolute cunt. <laughs> right, and with that, let's get on to the feedback side. 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 The feedback section. The feedback section. So, first bit of feedback comes in from uh, probably the greatest law enforcement agency known to man. It's Taco Force One Five Seven. He says he says regarding foreign beggars, uh, big fan. Love to play an online game with you folks someday. And of course, Taco Force, we would love to play online games with some of our fans, but uh, we don't like them. <laughs> so sorry yeah. about that. So, <laughs> no, no, we actually would. Um, but barring uh, the fact that we don't have that much time, but one day we're going to sort it out. We will. I promise you that. Yeah, we'll do a we'll do a little um we'll do a little shout out. See who's interested, and we're trying to organise something online. Exactly, hundred percent. We have promised it. Um, Eric Betts comes in. He says about the same series. Great series, fun play, and really nice editing and sound. Thank you very much, Eric. Very That's nice. really good. This is what I hate about feedback sides. When we get nice ones, it yeah. makes me feel so awkward. <laughs> yeah. Sam Riv- Sam Riviera says dag this, which is obviously the past tense of um, to dig. Yep. He says dag this was really good. Thanks. 
Well, so thank cheers, you. mate. Yeah. Uh, Matt Stark comes in uh, because apparently Nick posted episode 37 on G+, 20 days after it came out, calling it a new episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Nick. Yes. And then um, Matt said, are you drunk or something? These aren't new episodes. Who do you think you're fooling? Oh, <laughs> so, uh, it was my OCD. It's because there was a few episodes missing in our actual folder on G+, that has all the episodes in, and it really got to me. And I was like, right, I need to add them. And then I just added it. I literally spammed it by adding them all into the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Just sort your fucking life out, Nick. Don't call things new when they're not. I know, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Try playing it off as new. Yeah. <laughs> look, at this, look at that. It's all this hard work we've been putting in, guys. Oh, wait a minute. It's like four episodes ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, obviously, no flies on Matt. Exactly. <laughs> no falling Matt. No. Nick was trying to hipster us. You don't get much past the Stark. Well, that's it for feedback this time, ladies and gentlemen. We did get a very nice message from a bloke called Eric Jones on uh, on, on uh, Patreon as well, but he, he said a lot of personal stuff in there, so he probably won't read that out. But cheers for the feedback, guys. If you've got any negative stuff as well, you know, come at us. Yeah, yeah, we like Bring it. Bring it. Yeah, because we're hard, <laughs> you know. We will, we will fight you in real life. Bring it, Justin. I've been working out in the gym. Have you? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get on with what we've been playing in... What you've been slaying. <laughs> nice one. Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? I've been playing ICRPG, which is a very simple D20-based system, and I've been playing it with Gary. Um, I don't have much to say about that because we, we mentioned it a lot in our last podcast, but one of the things that uh, happened in the ICRPG game recently that I thought was fucking awesome was we, we'd been playing like a fantasy game in it, and uh, it was really funny because uh, what happened was is I was playing a mage, and we had another mage on the team, and we were supposed to kill this like lich deceiver guy, and first of all, I used levitate on myself to use uh, to make my horse come out of the sewers into the guy's lair, rode my horse through his basically his front room and smacked him with a chest in the that face. Sounds, that That's, sounds awesome. And then, uh, when to kill him, our plan was I annoyed him so that he would shout, like he got really annoyed and was like, what the fuck? And then when he opened his mouth, um, I shrunk myself down to miniature size, jumped in his mouth, and grew back to normal, <laughs> exploding. <laughs> ah, burst right out of him. Yes. So uh, that's pretty much it for ICRPG. It was fucking awesome. Very simple D20 based game. I'd recommend anyone check it out. Uh, that's Index Card RPG for anyone that doesn't know. But then the big. Let's get to the meat, guys. Let's get to the meat because we've been playing Savage Fallout. Oh God. Oh yeah. yeah. It's gone well, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's gone really well. It's gone well. Amazing. I mean. Uh, Let's, do, let's try and describe what happened to our first characters. <laughs> describe them in a, in a few words. Ryan? Well, we're describing the characters or describing what, what happened? happened? Well, let's let's right. just describe okay, what so happened. We were vault dwellers. Yeah. Um, and then we got released. So we're a team of people that were in a vault for mo- all our lives. We got released and um, we was out in the, the wasteland. And mm-hmm. uh, from then on, we went for adventures. That Did didn't we? end too well. <laughs> adventure. <laughs> yeah. One adventure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, went we came out. out. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so we went out. Fucking, we're, there's this random encounter table in Savage Fallout. So as, as, you're, as you're roaming about, you might find something. Should be relabeled TPK table. Yeah. So what did we find? Death. <laughs> A nuclear missile. An unexploded nuclear bomb. Yeah. And uh, so this is a sandbox campaign. So we're thinking... 
well, we're not there. Things can still happen with it. I mean, Ryan, you said that we should have buried it, and I think you're right about that. Because what we <laughs> decided... is a beautiful thing, though. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> our plan was like, well, if, if we're not there, somebody's, the, the second a raider comes across this, one of those idiots is going to punch it, and then and then that's it. Uh, that's goodbye. It. Yeah. yeah. We all died anyway, so... And suddenly these bunch of idiots, like, we were all teenagers as well, so all these teenagers from a vault think, oh, we're going to disarm this. We've got, like, maybe a D8 in science, which for those that don't play Savage Worlds is... Like a medium level, mm. if that, mm-hmm. and then uh, so we tried to disarm it. So, what we did is like a bunch, some of us fucked off to the vault, two of them stayed behind and tried to disarm it. Uh, we did a dramatic task, and this dramatic task couldn't have gone worse. So, um, for those that don't know what a dramatic task is, it's basically five rounds of skill checks, and it, it just it just went so badly. Yeah. We had a crit fail, <laughs> we had two complications, <laughs> and then no. um, there was a point where Sean said that uh, like uh, nuclear waste or whatever, some sort of nuclear like uh, liquid started spraying out of somebody's face, <laughs> and he described it as looking like a L'Oreal advert. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. And somebody got radiated, went down immediately, and then and then so at that point only one person was dealing with it. Bomb goes off. And it's like, at that point, it's not that just your characters die, it's that the entire game world is fucked. Because we were adventuring in this, well, you know, not small, but like quite big area, but that entire game world's fucked. So it's yeah. like, yep. well, you can't and just in... roll up new characters because you have to wait at least 100 yeah, years. because it's inhabitable. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we rolled up new characters and, uh, yeah, um, we're now playing in that same game world, but 100 years later and everything's changed. Um, the whole wasteland is completely different. The people that inhabit are different. The characters are different. The monsters are different. And it's, uh, yeah, we've we've made up new characters. Yeah. And yeah. It's, we're, 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 I like our new characters. So, Ryan, who are you playing? Um, I am <laughs> Na- Nana Moonshine, which is actually based on... Loosely on the Fallout character Nana M- Murphy, who's a, he's a right at the beginning, who's part of uh, the sort of group you do in the video game. Um, so oh, yeah. Fallout Four, yeah, Fallout yeah, yeah, Four, yeah. yeah. And what's her thing? Um, she, she's addicted to Jet, and she has these visions, and she's sort of like a some sort of sage, really, mm. that sort of well, like leads the. She <laughs> thinks she's a sage. She yeah. thinks she's a sage. <laughs> but she's just strung out on jet and has yeah. these weird visions. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but and we then... actually, we're, all our characters are so thick, they actually <laughs> listen to her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they believe her. <clears throat> so, like, our old town went completely dry, had no food in it, and everyone left on this big pilgrimage. But you you did so many drugs and told us to stay there. We stayed there long after it was inhabitable. <laughs> she manipulates her, what she wants to do, and says it's through visions as well. Mm. Um, so, if she wants the group to do something, she'd be like, yeah had this vision to we, this is part of my vision we should do this and everyone's like okay and yes. it's, it's just what she wants to do she's yeah, a fraud <laughs> yeah. there was a point where we, we, we saw a bunch of ghouls down in a metro and there were some vending machines that were barely worth looting and she was like I've seen a vision you should go down there and then we just got <laughs> fucking beaten like the shit kicked out of yeah. us yeah <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah I'm playing um, shit man Shane Diddley who's part of uh, one half of the Diddley twins who are a uh, a travelling troupe of um, uh, musicians who play for potatoes in towns, basically, and mute nice. fruit. And, yeah, they just travel around playing music. And uh, James? I'm playing Frank Sterling, who's, uh, what's it? Because the Brotherhood, Brotherhood of Steel. Brotherhood of yeah. Steel. He's an ex-Brotherhood of Steel because he got kicked out because he's a corrupt as fuck. Um, but he's now the Diddley Twins bodyguard. And he sort of just travels around... He's been to like all their gigs and, and he's always just, yeah, the, the security guard 
dude and he's like a, a hoarder as well so he's always up for you know getting loot and, and all this stuff but he's kind of like just super loyal so he'll never never leave them and it's he's funny. kind of like the muscle in it yeah, at the mm. minute actually Frank came into play as well because we um, played a gig that went so badly we started getting <laughs> bottled and he was jumping in the way of the bottles and stuff <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah and then Nick you are uh, I'm playing Chucklebot Mark 3 um, <laughs> so I am a, a um a comedy robot used to play in clubs and stuff a um, long, long time ago. All the audiences stopped coming um, in the club that I was in. For yeah, there was a point where many, you many started years. playing to just skeletons. Just skeletons, yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> the, these guys found me on their on their journeys and I've kind of um, just joined them. And uh, yeah, just a robot with a really bad... Well, not really, but I wouldn't say really bad, just some of his circuits are a bit corrupt, so his, his jokes are very, very hit and miss. Uh, and uh, they're often racist. <laughs> and they're often racist, yeah. Is that because yeah. of the guy that designed you or something? And the, and the corruption racist, of so. years and stuff is just... Uh, <laughs> Just messed him right up, but it's um yeah, <laughs> it's a fucking well, and weird the cool concept. Thing is about but your it's character. The cool thing about your character is that you can uh, use it in combat. So you've yeah. got the honeyed tongue edge, uh, which is usually you can use persuasion, but we we're using the perform skill. So you can use perform skill to tell jokes in combat to shake people, so they can be laughing at your jokes. Yep. In combat, so there was a point where you told a joke in combat. Usually, roll, and if it goes badly, you'll tell a bad joke, and if it goes well, you'll tell a good joke. Yeah. And it's such a cool character. It's and fun. Yeah. We, yeah, we played a, a gig and did it as a dramatic task and basically got ran out of town, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. like we, we? Our character's journey is that we're just looking for a new place to settle. The first place we found, we played one gig and they and the guy was like, I'll tell you what, I'll allow you a safe passage in this town as long as you increase the morale of my people. They, they've been on some hard times recently and I was like, my character's like, well, you know what, I'll do a gig and I'll, I'll slay that crowd. And then we were all talking <laughs> and, and, and like outside and we were all having this pep talk like, what, what songs should I do? And then James was like, I think you should do Wheels on the Bus. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else was like, and then followed by a Saint Anger and I was like, should I do Turning Japanese? And everyone was like, no, 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 no. don't do that, don't do that. And then it gets to the last round of the Dirac task and I was like, and um, I, I, I said, I look around nervously I see the crowd isn't taking it and I go and this one's called I'm turning Japanese and then I rolled for it failed miserably oh, yeah. and then I started singing it and everyone's uh, throwing bottles at me and we're like we got to get out of here <laughs> yeah. and we, we oh, ran man. out the back and then and then the mayor's out there pointing a gun at us and he's in, and he's just like but, uh, he, he's like alright guys and that went pretty badly <laughs> Yeah. and then we just robbed the mayor so we robbed and him. ran out of town yep. yeah yeah, and they just ran away. So that was our first experience with Craterton. But yeah, what a, what a great game. I'm absolutely loving yeah. Savage Fallout. It is fucking hard for, yeah. for new characters, but I think that emulates the game very well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I spoke to Eric about this recently, and he said something uh, quite profound, I felt. Mm-hmm. is that I said it's, it's very top-loaded to be um, harsh against new characters. And I felt like in the video games, um, you could save and load all the time. And Eric said, well, in Fallout, um, in Savage Worlds, you have Bennies. That's your saving and loading. Yeah, Yeah, that's true, yeah. That's how you can retry things. And Mm -hmm. and I think it works. It really emulates the feel of of the Fallout games. We just need to utilise our Bennies in a different way in Savage Fallout, I think. You really do. And I feel like it is fucking hard and it Mm. is imbalanced against new characters. But I think that's what Fallout is. And that's part of the fun, yeah. Yeah. I'm quite lucky because I've got the luck trait, so I get an extra Benny. You do indeed, yeah. It's quite invaluable. You always feel like you're on the back foot with everything, but then that is Fallout. Yeah, it is Fallout. You know, you're never winning in Fallout, let's be honest. And also, you never get a chance Mm. to relax because Mm -hmm. that random encounter table... 
you think oh, I've got two wounds? I'll just rest up on the way. No, ain't happening. No, nope. ain't happening. No. That was funny though because we, we we had so we was travelling to the new town and there was two random encounters that came up and uh, the first one was a bounty hunter that we dealt with quite well. And the second one was actually a friendly cowboy, but because we were so ready for a fight, he was like, whoa, I'll uh, see you later. So <laughs> did I'm going to mosey on down to the next place. So to us, yeah. Everyone that we've met has wanted to fight us. So yeah. when we saw him coming towards us, <clears throat> we was all like ready to go. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he was and actually he fine. Just yeah, he, was, we, he was just a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. We treated him so badly. Poor guy. And then yeah. as he was walking away, we were like, I think that guy might have been nice. Wait, 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 wait. And he was just like, no, I'm mosey on man. Like, don't let me see you again. Yeah. You got that weirdos? Uh, it was so bad. But yeah, we. I think, I think I'm think i loving Savage Fallout. It's mm-hmm. fucking hard, but it's great. Um, one of the ba- uh, the baddest incidents was when I threw a plasma mine, not realizing it had a large burst <laughs> template, and it fucked oh us my right God. up. And yeah. it kind of it didn't you didn't throw it far enough either. Yeah, and you know yeah. the worst thing about it was it did three d ten damage. Ooh. I I forgot to roll the third one, and then I only realized it after. And I did say to yeah, Sean, it was, was like a while after. So yeah, Sean's the overseer in air quotes in the game, and I did say to him, I, I was like, oh shit, I just realized it's three d ten, not two d ten. I can roll the last damage, and everyone at the table was like, no, 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 no. Nineteen's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We would have died again. Yeah, yeah. We straight were, into our yeah, new characters. We would have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Session, so. Prologue number two. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, that's pretty much what we've been saying this week. Mm-hmm. Um, keeping it quick, but we've uh, we often on this segment we also talk about stuff that we've got. Um, after the con, um, I've been I've been talking up uh, uh, rippers, and we'll get onto how much I enjoyed this uh, uh, later on. But I did pick up the rippers box set. The reason being is that my wife got me this as an early birthday present. Oh yeah. I won't go. I won't get it out and get all the stuff out because I think it will take too long. But the rippers box set. Whoo boy! So this is nineteenth century Victorian uh, demon slang and things like this but you can get the powers of the demon almost like 19th century cyberware so you mm-hmm. can give yourself wolverine claws if you say a werewolf you yep. can give yourself I don't know I guess I haven't looked that much into it but vampire fangs if you could a vampire tentacles All sorts of if crazy you could shit. Yeah. things like this and uh the box set, Pinnacle, have knocked out of the park with that. You get a DM guide, the player's guide, a thing called, I forget what it's called, but it's like basically rippers around the world, and yep. it gives you a bunch of locations. Wicked. You get two action decks, you get a set of dice, you get bennies, you get four map packs. It Whoa. is. Uh, you get a GM screen and an adventure. Wow. It is Ooh. ridiculous. Set, yeah. yeah, and all for 60 quid, you get everything you need in there, and it has the world map and the Ripper Lodge map in there as well. So nice. it's fucking incredible. And got it here. But we'll have a look at it after the show, but nice. it's amazing. Yeah, I want it. Um, all of us as well have got the Wise Guys demo kit from Just Insert Imagination. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you guys think of that? Because this is Brilliant. a gangster setting for Savage Worlds, and they just released kind of a starter kit for it. So what the, do you guys think? The layout and everything is beautiful. Yeah, it's a, it's a really nice product. It's Eric's. You can see Eric's put a lot of love and care into it yeah. and, and effort. It's, it's cracking. It really, seems really like yeah, a lot of hard work yeah. is into it. Yeah, and um, one of the things was is the uh, yeah the artwork and layout is, is spectacular. Mm-hmm. This is basically a 90s setting for for gangsters there's some very very minor changes to the way it would have been back then but only very minor if you want to play sort of a genuine type gangsters setting for for savage worlds this is what you need wise guys for savage worlds and it comes with an adventure a bunch of pre-made some backgrounds some new weapons things like this and it is it is hands down one of the best things out there and i believe it's either free or pay what you want on uh drive through rpg at the moment but the demo we, kit. Yeah, the demo kit. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, free at the minute. Yeah, and we were lucky to get uh, 
print editions yep. yeah. for being playtesters, yep. and I, I can't I can't say how happy I am with that. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah really, a few really more good. to um, give out as prizes at the con as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so check that out much. if you can because uh, so good. It is it's one of the best products out there at the moment, and it's bloody free. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nick, of course, you won Sixth Gun. Oh uh, yeah, I walked away with the Sixth Gun on the raffle at um, Savage Con, which I was uh, really pleased about. I was uh, at my uh, on that one, so that was Andy. Yeah, yes. this is um, an official Pinnacle product, and uh, this was um, sort of. Uh, I say written, but it was, I don't know how to say it, like adapted by Scott Woodard, and he's one of the best uh, people at adapting these kind of things. But this is um, a Western setting for Savage Worlds, and I know that um, they're sort of famous for having done Deadlands, which is one of the flagship sort of Western, weird Western settings. But this is like, it's sort of magic, weirdness, and the Wild West kind of thing. And uh, it's it's very very cool. Um, what do you make of the book? Having a look at it now, right? Yeah, I think I, I always revert straight to the artwork. Now I love comic books, so I'm just like staring yeah. at those. Right, mm-hmm. it's cool, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nicely done. It's cheap as well, man. And and the cool thing about this is that it sticks very close to Savage Worlds um, raw. So mm-hmm. the thing is, you can just play this. Uh, with the, the actual core Savage pretty easily, it doesn't make too many changes like Deadlands does. So if you have a problem with Deadlands, try this out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. You're yeah. disappointed. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for what we've been slaying this week. Oh, um, I mean, we got through it fast this time because uh, we got Savage Con on yeah, our hands. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about with this one. Mm-hmm. So, um, so well, let's get on with it, ladies and gentlemen. See you on the other side. Main subject. Main subject. <laughs> Sorry. This weekend, right? What we've done is we organised the convention. Now, why did we do that? Well, because we like conventions, isn't it, right? Oh, yeah, the, yeah, 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 shut up. <laughs> so, what was Savage Con? Well, this was, uh, obviously, listeners to the show will know that some of our favourite settings include Dungeon Crawl Classics, mm-hmm. Savage Worlds, mm-hmm. Tales from the Loop, mm-hmm. Fatal. <laughs> but the thing about it is is that uh, one of our favourites is Savage Worlds, and we wanted to just make um, a convention that was purely about gaming and playing games and celebrating all the different things you can do with Savage Worlds. And, of course, uh, there was ShakeOn before that, which was a Savage Worlds convention, which sadly shut down, and so we wanted to follow in their footsteps and make something equally as awesome. And mm. I hope that we succeeded in that, And but that's basically what it was. And um, as a result, with this segment, what we want to do is... Talk about the convention, all the different things we experienced, all the awesome things that people brought to the table during the convention, and just talk about the games. And what I sort of don't want to do is just talk too much and just, you know, mention random people's names and just it it be another what you've been saying segment. But hopefully what we can do is highlight uh, products, awesome games, and things that people can go out and buy and try for themselves. Mm -hmm. And also some techniques that we learned at the con as well. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of going to go through everything... um, uh, that, we, that we did at the weekend and everything um, but why did we pick Savage Worlds for a convention Nick well I would say that it's a very easy game to for, for as, as new players or people that haven't played too much of it it's a very easy system to just pick up and play um, mm-hmm. you, you know there's not a lot of sitting down learning being confused especially like when you're at a con and you're just there for the day to enjoy yourself so it's a great system for that it's so versatile there's so much for it um, so we knew straight away if we did Savage Worlds, we would have plenty of people like different variety of games and things like that because it's you know it is what it is. It's it's so generic in such a great way. And in addition um, to that as well, I feel like there's so many. Um, it's it, it as you say, it's versatile. Mm-hmm. And no two games will feel alike. Yeah. If you're doing it right, exactly. do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. 
Um, so at SavageCon, as I say, it was all about the games, and all we did realistically was just have it so that the entire weekend was all about playing games. We yep. didn't obviously we, it was a very small event, and as a result, we didn't have things like panels and things like that because we couldn't. You know. Yeah, yeah. but I, to be honest with you, I think like the whole the whole SavageCon thing, we wanted it to feel like you were gaming in your friend's front room. That was the yeah. that was the intimate feeling we wanted, the friendliness, yep. um, you know, the joint love for the hobby. None of this big advertising, you know, all this kind of stuff that yeah, makes it nice corporate. Local, it was local gaming, and you know, people came far and wide to come to it, which yeah. is absolutely amazing. But yeah, the actual atmosphere turnout. that we really wanted to kind of um, capture was that friendly you just down either you know down the pub or, or, or in your front room with your mates playing some games I mean, and i we think did we did invite it. kim kardashian she was uh, unfortunately busy she had a she, D thing or she's something she's always blowing me out really she's why. always blow, blowing you off <laughs> i mean she did she did um some guy called kanye yeah that fucking <laughs> treading on my keep getting <laughs> shitty emails <laughs> ruined. he stole her yeah what oh, yeah yeah Kanye, we're calling you out. Come on the podcast and defend yourself. <laughs> so that was basically, and so what we did is we rented a uh, a side room in a um, in a what was it a kind of restaurant slash pub on day one, yeah. and a room above a pub on uh, day two, mm-hmm. and that was pretty much it. So um, let's get into the game. So day one, Ryan, you played in Deadlands, the Taxidermist yep. Tale, by, and this was run by Owen Lean. This is actually an adventure written by him that's available now on uh, Pinnacle's website as well. Mm. So what did you make of this? Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it's the first time I met Owen, and he was fantastic. He's so he's got he's such a big personality mm-hmm. um, that he, he, you know everyone was instantly involved in the game and. Uh, He's he's really great at creating the scene and you know just really lively and energetic and it, that was and 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 he was ideal for the first game in the morning because I'm horrible in the morning so he, he really woke me up and got got everything going but I was I was playing a character that was like a Texas Ranger Chuck Norris esque um, character nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> wicked and um, yeah there was various sort of like hillbilly characters um, that were with us I think Richard Walcock was mm-hmm. I can't really remember he, he had to play a lady he played a lady yeah that's right and he had no voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, this I, I believe that this um, this adventure has some things like uh, there's a uh, taxidermist that's he's taxidermied animals and that's that comes right. to life yes right? that, that's exactly what happened and um, there was a gang that we were after um, I, didn't, I don't know can I reveal too much about it yeah know, reveal I, it I don't yeah, know yeah, I, okay. yeah there was this gang um some some guy called Kenny that had a sort of like a gang, um, so we, he knew more about what was going on. So we had to, our, our mission was to try and find this Kenny guy. We get into the cave where where we tracked them down um, this gang, uh, and we find they're dead. Um, and there's like paw prints everywhere <laughs> going into this cave and out of this cave, and it oh, looks dear. like a wolf's sort of ripped up this gang. Oh, he's been um, shredded of that. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Nasty. Richard had this great line, and he's like. They killed Kenny. Them bastards. And like I was like, that's the first one that's ever been used. But it was classy. He got Benny for that. So of that, was, that was really good. Um, and then we we yeah we we follow the adventure and follow the clues and the tracks and we end up at the taxidermist's um, place and we quiz him and it turns out that he has some sort of magical hold over the taxidermy animals that mm. he's been making and they come to life. Um, Wicked, and it was it was kind of a, a bit of a spanner thrown in there because we thought, oh, okay, we found him, and then it turns out he was taking credit for another taxidermist work, um, who lived in the woods. So it wasn't actually his animals; he was just kind of taking credit for it. Oh, right. So we went and found this the real taxidermist out in the woods, and um, we, we found this cabin, 
Um, and we had this massive fight with bears, owls, um, wolves. Isn't there um, a ceiling that comes to life? Yeah, there's, that's, that's the owl ceiling. And there's loads of eyes of owls up there. Um, ceiling, we didn't attack ceiling. that first, which was turned out to be quite a smart move. We, we just went for the animals. There's a big bear in there as well. Um, and the taxidermist himself. I can't for the life remember the name of the character. But yeah, no, it was super fun. Um, Owen... Yeah, no, we, we had a great time. Remember to one. face the bloody mic. Right? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. But anyway, it sounds fucking awesome. Um, we have a bunch of emails from, from the guys uh, who played in that game as well. And uh, Daniel Irwin, one of the guys that was playing in the game, oh, yeah, he says that um, there was a moment where you went to hack at a snake and he'd caught it in the bag. So you crit failed, stuck your entire hand in the bag and it went into the snake's mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. I got bitten by like this really bad venom. Oh, nasty. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, Daniel luckily managed to save me because he was sort of like a native Indian that knew like shaman things. All right, so he sucked the venom so out. So he sucked the venom out, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he completely... <coughs> but why... I think he was doing, he was throwing a tomahawk at the same time as a multi-action. Nice. He was doing that. So he was sucking venom yeah. and chucking... I've, 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 I think so. There was a move wow. like that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, and then, That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was a really cool Wicked. move. So as I say, we asked a bunch of guys for like their memories and stuff like this of their games. And Richard Wilcox said also, at the end of Taxidermist Tale, the big bad charged into the cabin. And it was obvious that Owen wanted to kill a few player characters. <laughs> and he said, I shot the big bad, but didn't do much damage. So with various edges, I dropped the knife from my other hand, drew my second pistol, took another shot, then Steve played an adventure card to double the damage, six wounds. Owen's face fell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could see you wanted to take a couple of us out. Yeah, yeah. Owen, I was definitely on that list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because apparently Owen, uh, he started going mental and, and uh, he was like, he wanted to kill Ryan, but when he didn't, he was like, you fucking piece of shit! He's like, yeah, really yeah. angry. So he yeah. was cheering his own role. <laughs> yeah, he loves it, mate. Oh my he god! Loves. Owen, he's, he, he loves to eat PCs. Yeah, he, he wanted some breakfast. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. it was because it was a con, right? He just wanted to add some some brutality in there. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. So that would have been your first time ever playing Deadlands. What did you make of the setting? Yeah, the setting was amazing, and he, and he completely painted the picture about all the um, the things that are in Deadlands as well, like uh, the white rocks and and you know explain the whole setting, and it was amazing. And I know he has quite a lot to do with Deadlands, and he's writing. Yeah, yeah, he's written well. a couple of adventures for them and stuff, and uh, yeah, he's he's run LARPs and things, so that's a setting he knows really well. Mm. So yeah, you think he painted a good picture? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought it was, it was awesome. Would you play it again? Yeah, I, I would. T- I'd love to play Deadlands again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, well, I've Maybe got we the books. Put that on the list. I reckon so. Yeah, cool. Um, next up, uh, me and James played in a hopefully up and coming setting for um, uh, Savage Worlds called Punk Rock. And the adventure was called Living After Midnight, and it was GM'd by Connor Warden. So this is a setting that he... I don't know if he wants us to reveal this or not. I will ask him and maybe bleep this, but um, its uh, he's going to be pitching it to Pinnacle soon. And this is uh, set in the 70s, I believe, um, a punk rock setting, right? And we played a band. And yeah. our band was called uh, Alan's Keys. Alan's Keys. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, Alan's Keys. Right, and our band... Uh, James was the drummer... Dan, uh, one of our good friends, is he he was the, the guitarist. bassist, the oh, guitarist, 
And then we didn't have any other members except for a singer that we recruited. Oh, yeah, because Harrison was the manager. Yeah. Yeah. And we recruited a singer during the game, right? But then I was just the manager and I was this scumbag, greedy motherfucker. And even when I had loads of money on me, I had about 75 quid. But when I'd buy these guys a pint, I'd buy one and then then pour it out between three glasses. Yeah. Into like. So you're playing yourself. Pretty much. (laughs) 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 Ha ha ha. But yeah, it was really funny because, um, yeah, we. uh, The reason that our band had never taken off right get this is because all of our previous songs to be so edgy and punk were all about paedophiles and yeah. <laughs> I know it's bad it's bad but then we saw we, there was a battle of the bands coming up and we noticed uh, we got we like nicked one of their tapes found out that, that all of their songs were about vampires and obviously a normal player character would see this and go okay there's going to be a paranormal wedge coming up but what our band did was um, saw that we need to make rival songs and we started making songs about werewolves instead. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had we had all of these songs but then uh, it, it all transpired that they were vampires, we fought against vampires, all of this stuff and then we did a gig at the end and what were some of our song names, James? Uh, one of them was uh, go into the woods and take your clothes off because there's a full moon. One was werewolves. And then the other one was more werewolves. Oh my god! And then, and then, uh, we, then uh, we sort of did we did the gig right. We played all of our new songs. Then they asked for an encore, and we realised that we didn't have any more songs because we all of our werewolf songs were used up. So we had to play one of our old songs that was a cross oh, between. Oh no! Was a cross between paedophiles and ghosts. It's, it's called, called paedophile ghosts. No, it was, it was pedo geist. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Pedo guys, pedo yeah. guys, and then and then he was like, "You're gonna have to roll this at a minus two because it's such an outrageous song." Mm-hmm. And we rolled it and we smashed it, and yeah. everyone well, we absolutely crowded. like the whole last last sort of uh, scene of it all where we were doing the gig, we d- absolutely destroyed them. Yeah, and then um, uh, all the crowds like pedo guys. <laughs> did, did you guys actually sing the song as well? Because I remember there's a lot I could of hear singing. singing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we had a song about a golem called Rock Man. And, <laughs> and there was Rock Man. Yeah, we were singing that, and it was like Rock Man, Rock Man. And then Daniel kept uh, coming out with some uh, good lyrics. Yeah, he said, "I'm going to smash your hole with stone." Oh, uh, <laughs> that was funny. It was pretty awful. Wicked. It was pretty awful. But then um, at the end, that's when Daniel, uh, his character, realised that he had powers, and he plays his guitar and he does one final strum, and a big lightning bolt comes out and starts attacking <laughs> yeah. the other band. Brilliant! This big fight, two two stages, one across the other. My character runs forward, and I said, "I attack him with my longsword, but longsword with the brand of whiskey bottle that I had," and I start smacking <laughs> nice. him with the whiskey bottle. And uh, I was fucking amazing. It was such a good setting, and. Uh, yeah, that was that was great because he used the social conflict rules in Savage Worlds to do a, to a battle of the bands. Yeah, um, yeah. and, that and was, it was it worked, worked so really well. well for it. Yeah, it worked fantastically. Um, I and I I couldn't um, recommend that setting highly enough. So hopefully um, it's going to come out soon, and I really really wish him the best with that because. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it had a new mechanic in it for fame as well. As you do more and more gigs, your your band levels up, you get more fame, people get to know you, and as a result, your gigs will go better, yeah. and things like this. Nice. And it was it was absolutely spectacular. And with the it's, He said it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets punk rock in the 70s. Yes. Um, I, I, but what could you ask for? Exactly. It was, it was so good. And my character had a cricket bat, and um, you know, he threw it at every show that we did. Um, yeah. <laughs> threw it at who? Just anyone. It would, it would just always wind yeah. up that I threw it at somebody. Into the crowd. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit where we were in an alley and this, this vampire was was like bearing his fangs at me and every time he spoke I would just spray him in the face with a fire extinguisher. <laughs> there were some cracking lines that came out of James but I have to save them for a challenge that we're doing later. Were you all British? 
Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And James, James's character was the drummer as well because he's a drummer in real life. So yeah, of course. It was spectacular. It was so good. And then oh, there's a bit where an amp came alive. <laughs> oh yeah, there was a there was a red red uh, bright red Marshall amp um, <laughs> that the other band was using because when and it was before a- the last um, scene where we were fighting at the Battle of the Bands, we did an impromptu. Um, battle of the bands by just taking over the stage and we ended up doing so well that the band left and then we took their equipment um, <laughs> and so we had this red amp that was back at uh, headquarters which was just basically the manager's house and it was kind of like shit hole. Yeah. and then uh, whilst we were sitting there it just came alive um, and sort of grew a mouth and started trying to eat uh. it started trying to eat me like a mimic, in amp the room. mimic. Exactly that, yeah. Shit. And then um, fucking James was fighting. Yeah. I came out from the balcony just with my morning coffee, which was just lager in, a, um, <laughs> in like a coffee cup. <laughs> and then, and then, um, then Dan came out of the loo and stuck a dirty bog brush with shit all over it in its mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then the fucking mimic was so disgusted by this that it started puking up all over the floor and there was and shit and bones all over the floor. Oh my yeah. God, no. And my character was like, all right, who's cleaning that up? <laughs> Man, what a setting. Um, um, but next up, Nick, you played punted in the bonds. I ran it. Yeah, you ran it. Yeah, I did. boy. So go des- on, Nick. Describe this setting for those that don't know. Describe the writer. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> writer's so, a cunt. Yeah, I, I don't know where I found this piece of shit from, but I did it. I did, gave it my best. No, um, pun- so punted in the bonds is uh, a adventure written by the wonderful Harrison, um, and is obviously from Justin Set Imagination. Um, think lock, stock, and two smoking barrels, um, kind of British gangster type, uh, ca- um, you know, escapade. Um, it's fantastic, and um, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I picked it because I just felt it would be quite a good fit for a con, and it would be quite good fun. It's like a crime caper type thing. Um, so I run it, and I was shitting myself. I ain't gonna lie, <laughs> but I think it went alright. <laughs> so. Yeah, we're from Croydon, Nick. It's not a far stretch. You know? No, mate. That's why I could <laughs> just come back anyway. from home. Mate. It was easy. Yeah, exactly. So the idea of this adventure is basically a bunch of idiots have to rob a post office because they pissed the gangster off. Yeah, exactly that. So they've got they've got to come up with a hundred grand in twenty four hours to pay for repairs to a very expensive car. Otherwise, one of the most notorious gangsters in London will send these uh, henchmen out to cut them up, basically. Um, and these guys are, you know your normal kind of uh, yeah bozos but sitting you, about in a pub on Tuesday afternoon you would not believe the feedback for this game <laughs> let me let me read some of this out Daniel Irwin oh, yeah. he says his favourite memory the whole of Nick Lamley in Punted in the Bonds amazing talent for characterisation and voices and dealing with a bunch of wacky plans the interlude by Richard Woolcock was also amazing but unfortunately I can't remember the whole story something about losing his trousers in the Thames and then getting into a club in just his underpants <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Richard Woolcock also says when one of the PCs tried to break a guy's finger to intimidate him but the damaged dice just kept exploding and, did, and he ended up ripping the guy's thumb off <laughs> yeah um, completely Richard Woolcock also then comes in and says in punted in the bonds where we kept accidentally killing people we'd hit them and then they'd fall funny we ended up with a collection of corpses in the back of our stolen postal van and they gave them to that dodgy kebab guy <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, they were giving it as false meat. But all yep. weekend, all weekend, all I heard yeah. was punted in the bonds, punted in the bonds. Yeah, I say always. Yeah. Everyone loved it. They it's great though. It. So Nick, you, you obviously, well, obviously smashed it. Well, uh, what I wanted to do, I wanted to give the characters as much freedom as as I possibly could, and because it's such a good, it's such a good game for role playing and putting together a wacky plan. I thought, right, rather than start them right on the heist, I'll start it a little bit earlier and see where it goes. Anyway. 
it, um, <laughs> it all turned out that they spent about two and a half hours prepping for this big heist. They didn't actually get into the post office till probably the last hour. But we had such a ride leading up to that bit. We went out to Brixton to try and find postal vans. They were, they had this massive plan. They were trying to get a van for someone that they couldn't get a van off him. So they had to go somewhere else to get a van. And it was, it was cracking. And then we played some darts. We did, um, where someone got a crit foul and they threw a dart, went through the window and actually hit someone inside of the head and killed them. (laughs) Like it was such a bad throw. (laughs) We had, yeah, it was just fantastic. And my, the, my, the, the players I had were great. It was just I could just let them get on with it, and I really gave them as much as they as they wanted, you know. And um, I didn't try to kind of push them in any kind of direction. I just really wanted them to just organically come up with their own plans, and they did. And and man, it was incredible, well, so this rewarding. Is, this is the thing when I wrote that adventure. But the thing is, we started them at the post office because then you're straight into the meat of the adventure. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes planning can be boring for some players, but you. Um, went completely against that and did what what you wanted and it seemed to have worked out really well and when I was hearing like I kept hearing flashes of your table while I was playing Flash Gordon and uh, it was like and one of them was like right we're going to give the, the dead guys to the kebab van and I was like that's not in the event what the fuck is going what the hell has happened over this <laughs> yeah because they had all the bodies in the back of the van and then they were like oh well how are we going to we need to get rid of this evidence and they'd already been to the kebab guy before for something else and he bought it off them for, for cash and that uh... oh man and then they um, it was quite fun and then I, like, I, I went past the end bit so we had um, like we tried to wrap it up so like the, the one of the women that worked at the post office had kind of fallen for one of the characters and then they went off to America psycho funny enough because oh, yeah. he was obsessed with America so he ended up going to America <laughs> and yeah it was it was it was it was incredible I absolutely loved it it was so much fun it really really was well and um, we are now starting work on the sequel to Punted in the yes, Monster because yeah. obviously you did such a fantastic job of uh, running it and creating so much new stuff for it Thank I thought it'd be awesome that me and Nick should work on it so yeah man we're now oh, working yeah. on the sequel uh, which we're tentatively titling we may do a complete rewrite but we're calling it Whacked in the Wicket and mm-hmm. hope we're, we're not going to give away any details but hopefully <laughs> we are, we're going to come up with something cool for that yeah coming soon um, so then uh, James and I played in uh, well, Flash Gordon which I ran and you played in James we oh, played yeah. Flash Gordon which is new um, setting for Savage Worlds and it uses some of the Savage Black rules which is obviously going to be the next edition of Savage Worlds and so some changes in this, you know, you use athletics instead of throwing mm-hmm. and climbing and things like this. And uh, there's some uh, other I think changes. Opposed rules are a little bit yeah, different like now, aren't they? Yeah, like test of wills. That's it, test of wills, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Uh, Flash Gordon as a setting is spectacular. It's silly, it's fun, it's wacky, and the pre pre gens in this are crazy. You know, Pinnacle got... have pulled out all the stops of this one, though, oh, isn't yeah. it? There's a, a bloody fistful of pre gens in there. Yeah. yeah, you've got a lion man, a shark man, a hawk person, <laughs> mm-hmm. a robot, mm-hmm. which James played. You had, I mean, it's ridiculous the amount of stupid shit you can be in this. And uh, my adventure was called Jack of All Trades, Blaster of Nuns. And the, the plot of this, right, is that, that for days, so um, just for the listeners, there's this big war going on, right, between uh, the rebels and, uh, you know, uh, basically Ming's armies, right? And I think that's how it goes. But in this adventure, it did anyway. And uh, the rebels uh, basically keep getting, in, in this adventure, prank calls. And their, their radio's getting scrambled. They keep getting these prank calls. So there's this. they keep getting these things that are like, um, is your refrigerator running? And like the lion man, who's played by Dan, <laughs> kept answering it. And she's like, no, it does not have feet. 
And then the person on the other line's like, better go catch it. <laughs> and then just hangs up. And it, oh, it, no, Dan was a giant. Oh, Dan was a giant, yeah. 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 And, and it kept answering it and just saying that. And it was just, it was like these prank calls that just kept on going on and on for weeks and weeks. <laughs> They've been waiting for orders for months. They're just in the jungle, just doing nothing, getting bored, drinking, doing nothing. Mm. Yeah, and our crew's pretty dumb. As it is. Yeah. And then suddenly they get a real order coming. They've been waiting for months in this hot jungle and they get a real order and it's like, uh, Ming's armies have been making a new drug called Zero J. You need to, uh, this shit can get you real seed up and it's 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 really fucked up. Um, you need to go steal a rocket from the enemy team, fly to the mountains, go to this place where they're making it. And the worst thing is, is they've been dressing as nuns and making it in a church to disguise the fact that they're making this new drug. <laughs> go and fuck them up. So... Um, to cut a long story short they go they steal a rocket they were doing all sorts of crazy manoeuvres my brother used the word Batman as a verb to swing over like, like pick, <laughs> yeah. pick somebody up um, uh, James was like blasting people with his rifle um, and, and all of this and they steal a rocket fly up there shoot a bunch of nuns and um, it turns out they're real nuns and that Zero yep. J was orange juice yeah. and that, that was yet the order was yet another prank yeah. call like, oh, a, like no. a, a ginormous prank yeah oh no yeah, we, just, most... we just massacred nuns mm. yeah and the funny thing is is that halfway through the fight Dan actually said this is really easy and I was yeah. like yeah, because they've got like D four and stats, and like they were actual nuns, and and they were crying on the floor at some oh point. Yeah, they had like no toughness or parry. Oh, so no. just hitting a load of nuns, and they and you thought you were doing doing well. Doing yeah, yeah, doing, doing the work. There were there were points where where literally um, Jackamoba, the giant, was like stomping on them, smashing two of their heads together, <laughs> shooting them in the face while they're unarmed on the floor. Like it was crazy. And then then I'm like, your radio rings, and he answers it, and Ming the Merciless is like, he's like, hello, this is your captain. How's the mission? <laughs> you stupid prick! And then, and then like, he's like, can I go up to this vat over here? He goes up and I'm like, you smell it? It's orange juice. And he's like, yeah, it smells oh citrusy. my God. <laughs> that whole thing was a massive stitcher. Yeah. yeah. And then, but the funny thing was, is that just just um, a couple of hours ago on the mission, they, they my brother pays an adventure card. He's like, a passerby thwarts the villain in some way, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was Flash Gordon. But I played, I played Flash Gordon like he was a complete drunk. So this is like Winston Churchill, like, you know, the biggest leader of all time, turning up and thwarting the mission, right? And all the villains suddenly ch- turned to start firing at him. But Flash Gordon's past his heyday. He's a drunk. He's a loser. <laughs> yeah. And all of the team, all of like James, Dan, Sean and Owen started insulting him, calling him a loser. Yeah. And so while they were flying up to the mountains on their space rocket, um, Flash Gordon, we got a complication while they were flying. And Flash Gordon turns up on his little scooter, like a rocket scooter, and he's firing at them with his pistol. And he's like, call me a loser, will you? <laughs> <laughs> and that was the complication. All like anyway. white and annoying and old, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So after... Um, they blasted all the nuns. They they decided, right? I can't. I'm not taking this from Ming. Let's take the rocket and let's go and launch an attack on his yeah, directly on his base. On his oh my god! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was amazing. But halfway through flying there again, they got another complication. Oh, oh, yeah, so this so... time, Flash Gordon turns up again on a better scooter. And he's like, "Call me a loser, will you?" Again, like, everyone was like, "Why don't you go away?" He's like, how are you still alive? <laughs> and just huh? peddling. Yeah, like, no, it was like. Yeah, and um, the funny thing is, is that Dan managed to get rid of him eventually by throwing um, some like spider gunk that he put in his bag from earlier, <laughs> just chucked it in his face, and then he was like, <laughs> <laughs> but, "Yeah, it was amazing." And you know what? The funniest thing was, I um, 
people may get this reference, but I've got an app on my phone that allows you to roll any sided number of dice. So you could roll an impossible sided dice, like a D33. And uh, the way that we count, they basically piloted the rocket into uh, Ming's palace to cause a massive explosion. Mm. And the way that I calculated damage, this was somebody else's suggestion. I want to point this out. I'm not no, going to say it, who. And it was because they were, no, why, why not? It was because they were speaking to the camera. They were doing it because they were playing the captain. Yeah. They they were, like, properly playing up to, like, the setting and that. And every time something was happening... Uh, who was he sort of, like, playing, like, the guy from Star Trek, innit? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It and was then, Yeah, yeah, no, but he was playing, like, the guy from Star Trek, just, like, over, over, like, moving like a robot and then speaking too fancy. But then every now and then would just look away from all of us at the table, point, in a direction and as he was speaking into the camera and like say something it's like this is for America and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. it was awesome and yeah just as he was about to crash it into the uh, into the palace he goes there are some things we learn from 9-11 yes. and so for the damage I rolled 9-11s <laughs> oh. <laughs> but he's, he got so much damage the place was a wreck a complete yeah. massive wreck and I was like you know you're going to take this damage too then he plays an adventure card and negate, negate all damage. Yeah, negate oh all damage from one source, and he just climbs out the wreckage. <sighs> yeah, but they, it played so perfectly. It was it was amazing. And then these guys all parachuted in. They see Ming look over his his throne all sheepishly, and he's like, "What happened?" And then they all just run at him and beat the fuck out. Of him. <laughs> Lynched him, yeah, just booting him. Yeah, yeah. booting him, <laughs> punching him in the face, stomping on him. They beat him to death, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, just yeah. beat him to death. <laughs> And um, that, that obviously brings me to uh, Owen's little... Uh, he, he shared a memory as well, and he said that one of his favourite memories of the con was Flash Gordon repeatedly appearing because we criticised him. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed that. I would definitely play Flash Gordon again. I would run a campaign in it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, that was another one by Scott Woodard as well, who wrote Sixth Gun, so fucking oh, awesome. Right. He's okay. a talented man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan. Colorado James and the Temple of Snakes. Oh boy! Run oh, by man. Connor Warden. Yeah, this was one of my favourites. I must admit, because I, I, I it, Colorado James and Temple of Snakes is basically Indiana Jones. Yes. yes. So yeah. um, it, it was kind of like amalgamation of all of the Indiana Jones films rolled into one, and Connor is just so like amazing as a, a GM because he, he really paints like um, a cinematic sort of scene. Like he would tell you like the camera pans through the carriage of the train and you know yeah. and then zooms you said it was like carriage. a film you it was like you was yeah, in a film yeah it really it was just like the film like um, I played Colorado James and Peter my friend he played um, Colorado James's dad Henry <laughs> um, so that was definitely like the last crusade Indiana Jones film with like um, Sean Connery uh, so one of Peter's hindrances, which I thought he played amazingly, was to constantly berate my character, just like <laughs> the film. So, you know, he was just constantly telling me I, I was no good, I'm stupid, and every decision was questioned that I made. Um, and it, it, it just felt like the Indiana Jones film. There was actually one part of the the session where we was, um, we was being chased by the boulder, Mm. as well uh, and I got my ball whip and sort of lassoed out of the way and there's Wicked. some really epic moments and Connor was kind enough to put the Indiana Jones music on during like intense awesome. yeah, so you really awesome. felt like yeah. it really got us hyped um, so yeah it was really cool but toward like the whole I, the whole um, campaign like um, with Peter's character constantly berating mine and I've I, I got like the wise cracks coming out uh, back at him like shut up there yeah you know, this kind of thing um 
we actually reconciled towards the end of the the campaign, and that was key to the mission. It, it turned out because um, basically there was a we got it just like in I think it's the Last Crusade where there's that old where we go into a temple and there's that old sort of knight knight templar yeah yeah knight you templar choose wisely that's right and because we kind of had a reconcile moment and he mm-hmm. was like I'm proud of you son it's a really touching like, moment dad. and you yeah. acted it out really well didn't you yeah, it was quite yeah. emotional uh, I had that's it yeah. yeah it was a little bit because we'd been at each other's throats the whole it's brilliant. thing brilliant yeah and then because um, the knight templar saw that he he gave us what we needed basically hey, to continue. Yeah. Um, so it turned out to be key, and it was really just really well done. So no, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, because you had a couple. Of of, it was like it was like a bit dungeony, puzzly, and things like that, wasn't it? Yeah, there was. There's this one puzzle that was we 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 stalled on for quite a time. Not that it was difficult. It's just we were not very bright. No, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but um, it basically was like um, we had to get um, Connor brought these um, like like they're four sort of type the four words that are linked in some way and we had oh. to have each column <laughs> linked to be able to open the do- to yeah. get the amulet that we needed we know all too well yeah yeah and uh, we were just going on for ages me and Don't worry, I feel, you pay, I feel, you pay, I feel <laughs> yeah, so your it's pain it's like a word but, association game because yeah. he reused that puzzle on a game we played later and we'll we struggled as That's well it, yeah. yeah but um yeah peter sent us uh his his he a message as well he says my favorite game was colorado james his favorite game of the whole weekend mm-hmm and he says, run by Connor Warden. He was a very fantastic GM and set the scene very well. But personally for me, the favourite part of it was mine and Ryan Field's dynamic as we decided to play the father-son combo. We were mostly bickering and I was taking pot shots at him. Henry the dad had a hindrance where he constantly talked down to Colorado James. However, towards the end of the adventure, we had a genuinely touching moment that felt natural and the perfect way to end the adventure. It was my absolute favourite moment of the whole weekend. Wow. Yeah, I have to echo that. That was my favourite yeah? as well. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Yeah, absolutely it, brilliant. I think that sometimes when you have a two-man game, it can it can be it can feel like it's not enough, but that sounds like it was perfect. Mm. Well, yeah, totally. Because of the characters as well, it was a father and son combo. It was perfect. It, it yeah, just, it yeah. was exactly right number of people. So Wicked. that really worked well for that. And that. do you feel like Savage Worlds is sort of uh, almost perfect for Indiana Jones, or it like? Personally, I think Savage Worlds is pretty much perfect for anything. <laughs> <laughs> good answer. Yeah, 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 that's good. <laughs> it's true. Into anything. Yeah, it? no, you're right. Um, but yeah, no, it, it worked. Re- the dynamic worked really well through that. Well, I mean, it's a testament really to Connor's GMing style and, and how, the work that he put in. Because I barely knew this guy really. I'd only met him once, but he yeah. came along to this. And on day one, he just ran three, three games. Three games, yeah. Three oh games, my God. Three yeah, games that, are, you know, the brand new games that have been run before. Yeah, yeah. Or in a row. And uh, no, he, it, to be oh, fair, his third game, he runs it all the time. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, sorry. And, um, this First is, two. Yeah, this is one that me and Nick played in called Castle Carmilla. And it was in uh, Ripper's Resurrected. And this is my game in a con, actually. Um, uh, this, this, is, this was fucking amazing, right? Yeah, it was. So Ripper's Resurrected, as I mentioned, 19th century demon slaying. And this had a very, very simple plot, but it was a mega dungeon. Mm-hmm. What you do is you go, we, we had to slay... Car- uh, Carmilla who's Dracula's cousin and we were a bunch of demon hunters and we were heroic so this is for those that don't really know Savage Worlds this is like it's very high level let's mm-hmm. just put it that way we were fucking badasses yep. and we got absolutely fucking punted in the bomb totally. during this game battered yeah and this was a mega dungeon so it was labyrinthine it mm-hmm. was puzzles coming out the wazoo oh man we had to have a cartographer at the table yeah. drawing out the map just so we could uh, just so we could get a grasp on if we'd been we been somewhere before it was 
there crazy. were crazy rooms, rooms we didn't even have understand. We had that same uh, type of word association oh, puzzle at one point. Oh, stumped. Right. Yeah. Right. And the bit that that was the, the I say the worst, but I mean the most stressful. But it was fucking amazing. Was there is a point right where we got to a room. And he said, okay, roll knowledge occult. One of us rolls it. We know immediately there's a ritual. And we know that something's going to happen in about 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But we only heard it from the other side of the door. The door yeah. And we knew that we needed a shield-shaped key to get to in. Get in. Yep, right. And we didn't have it at that point. And we're like, fuck, we need to do some shit in a very short amount of time. So he puts on a real 45-minute timer in real life. So we have 45 minutes of in, like real time to get it. So suddenly, we have to do all of this in 45 minutes. We like we go into the next room, and he's just trying to describe stuff really quickly. So he goes, you go into a room. There's a sofa on this side. The walls are painted white. You see a painting up there. You see some blood red on the floor over there, and you can see a cupboard. What do you do? And we go, okay, we open the cupboard. He goes, you open the cupboard, you see some clothes in there. We go, all right, next room. Okay, <laughs> yeah, oh, mate, yeah, mean, This yeah. is how fast Christ. we were playing the game at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah. For 45 minutes. Awesome. I think that creates a I know. good dog. The guy writing the map, there was like smoke coming off his bit of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It was so tense. Oh. And then we got to that room with that puzzle, and we 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 spent no joke twenty five minutes of that forty five minutes on that puzzle, trying just to trying to associate these words. Mm-hmm. So first of all, we got palindromes. Then uh, we 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 got four anagrams, of them right. weren't they? After anagrams, that, yeah, four of them right. And then we were fucked. The last we two, fucked. we were really stuck. Twenty five minutes on this puzzle, and every time we locked in answers and got them wrong, we took two D. That was my guy. Kept going, I'll take it, and he just kept getting <laughs> all, yeah. all of us got out of the room, and Nick was trying to solve it on his own. And I, at that point, I'm like, we're fucked. But the point is, yep. it was awful. And, and uh, but then we solved it with ten minutes left to go, oh. and he's like, right, which way do you go? We're like, we're running all the way back there. <laughs> Fuck. Drop my phone. But anyway, we start legging it back down and we solved the puzzle with like five minutes mm-hmm. left to go. We run in there. We have five minutes. And so we're like, we have to do this as a quick combat. Suddenly, we're all fighting. My character's already on three wounds. And bear in mind, we're heroic. We're fucking strong characters oh, by this point. My character goes down in the f- in, in that combat, loses <laughs> an arm. Yeah. I'm unconscious. Somebody heals me back up. So I just about get up look, and, then, and then my character sees his severed arm and goes, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I'd lost my mind. We were both talking to a taxidermy raccoon called uh, Professor Baiti. Yeah. Um, oh, he, 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 when he lost his mind, he became really attached to this you know, taxidermy raccoon and held it under his arm. And my character is constantly trying to keep it together and tell him that he's a nutcase. And I was like, just talking to a random <laughs> And I was like, would you put that thing down? It's disgusting. And then as soon as I started to go insane and I was delirious from blood loss, yeah. I was I was like um, talking to him and I was like, oh, you know, I, I, I can't, he does talk. We should heed his advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we got to the last, bo- the last boss room and then he recited the line from Castlevania Symphony of the Night as well. And obviously not many people in this room will get it, but... Um, he, his character was like, what is a man? A miserable pile of secrets. And then my character's like, die, you monster, and ran forward. <laughs> and it was just, it, it makes no sense, but it was a line from a PS1 game when, yeah. when the voice acting was terrible. We managed to beat her, but two of us went down, mm-hmm. and it was such a hard fight. But what he did amazingly in this short, one-shot campaign was that he made us really, really hate the villain. Oh, man. And we had the investment of a campaign in a a four-hour game. He did. It felt like we had played three weeks' worth of gaming in that short couple of hours, four four hours time frame. Yeah, we were utterly exhausted. And it was so good. And that's why it's my game with Con. I think it would say it was mine as well. It's incredible. And Connor's amazing (coughs) with voices as well. I I don't know. He feels like he's... Oh, my God, yeah. He was fantastic. He was really... 
He is an actor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, there yeah, you yeah. go. It makes sense. He, yeah. yeah. He's good at it. That's why, he was, that's <laughs> why he's good at what he does. Yeah. <laughs> he was standing up, doing all the gestures. He was doing the voices. When he described something, you really felt like you were there. And the atmosphere from uh, Castle Carmella, it was, it was oozing out of him in quite a literal sense. I was quite, I was having to take showers quite often. I have got to mention <laughs> one thing, though, and it's probably single-handedly the most horrible thing I've ever encountered oh, and I have disgusting. never like I love we love our horror games yeah? yeah and you know and we've come across some pretty rank stuff over the years of gaming but I've never seen anything quite disquieting than this it was a piano that had been made out of a human but they had just literally been rearranged into a piano we didn't know until we opened up the lid and it was all still had all its organs its heart was still oh, beating the lungs yeah. the it, keys were teeth and when uh, you played it the person was still alive so it's like ah it was almost like a funny image when you saw it it's like oh this piano's made out of bones and skin and we're like oh yeah whatever yeah. and then we open the lid and then and the lungs alive. are still moving <laughs> and there was like going. an eye in pure like panic yeah and it's like around. looking around like yeah. help me save me and we're like it was, and we're like do we pull it out of its misery we have to we can't leave this thing here and it was the most yeah it was, it, it was I'd, I've never experienced anything like it it so was terrifying that, that is right up there in my, I, I love that so kind of stuff. nasty yeah, man yeah good. and it was called fantastic yeah really good that was when you lost your, your characters that's what made it yeah he lost his mind after that but then um, yeah we put the piano well we called it the P-Mano P-Mano uh, <laughs> we put it out of its misery yeah well done you know when you guys are telling me about this afterwards because I was running um, Alien vs Resnex at the same time I was so jealous because it sounded so amazing it, honestly I've got to be honest it was fucking great it was but um, right we, we're, near, we're nearing the end well we're, we're sort of halfway through the games here but um James, tell us about Aliens vs. Rednecks. Well, Aliens vs. Rednecks uh, was uh, co-written by Harrison Hunt and Eric Lamoureux. And it's, well, the name says it all, pretty much. It's Aliens vs. Rednecks. But the whole premise behind um, the adventure is that there is um, a disease has happened on the planet called Clark. And um, their, uh, their government... Is, has found out that there is a cure that lives on Earth in a town called Jefferson uh, and in one woman called Jenny something. And uh, so basically you're a bunch of aliens who are not special because all the scientists and all of the military um, aliens on that planet have been wiped out from this plague. So you are just some random people that put your hand up and say, yes, we'll do it, because we've been offered loads of money. You get sent to Earth in the town of Jefferson, and uh, you just have to kidnap Jenny and bring her back, because she has the cure. And it pretty much, that, that is that is the literal, that's what you have to do. I had Rich Walcock and Steve Reed at my table. It was just those two. Um, it was pretty awesome get, being able to DM for Richard. But you see, I haven't DM'd much, um, but even to this, I'm not sure why, but I just didn't, I planned nothing. I just turned up because I thought all, all the twists and complications that were written into it, I thought they worked so well and I had already been a player in, in the game. So I thought, well, I have a, a advantage in that respect. So again, kind of like Nick, I, I did want to try and give um, a big load of freedom. So yeah, as they started, you know, I just started just throwing twists and uh, complications at them. Left, right and centre, when stuff wasn't really uh, happening, I'm just like, right, 
do notice oh there's someone coming towards you and i managed to play a few of the npcs that are inside the adventure that i had never played before or been up against like we had bart come into it and i don't think we ever had bart when we no played it. I, isn't he like a, a lawnmower guy He's, he always sits in his lawnmower and they basically went into a shop and he was sitting there on his lawnmower and he was also um he'd previously been um abducted by aliens so he was like super suspicious of um of potential aliens and <laughs> he held, he rolled such a high um as it arcane background background like knowledge skill on alien conspiracies and notice that he managed to f- figure out that they were aliens um and then richard had this skill um but they got like dodgy man suits on them or something. Yeah, yeah. They basically was like a Superman putting on uh, putting on his glasses and being unrecognisable. It <laughs> that's that's, that's how it's explained, isn't it? Yeah, cool. the setting rule of basically in this setting, even though they look like disgusting aliens, as soon as they put on like a plaid shirt, yeah, they yeah. they they don't see them as aliens. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah it's yeah, it's yeah, like Superman it. putting yeah, on glasses. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they were in there, and then Richard had this um, this special ability of powerpoints where he licks. You can lick another um, a player, and it could turn them into a zombie. It can also resurrect people from the dead and stuff, um, because he was accidentally killed by a spanner being thrown at him, and they didn't want to alert anything. So Richard said, oh, "It's fine, I've got this." And then he licks no him. Way. But then nice. he basically wakes up brain dead. Yeah. Um, but it kind of works in their favour, in so, so much as they get on the lawnmower and say, "Go in this direction to yeah. try and find um, Jenny at the beauty pageant." Did he lick somebody at a funeral during your game? Yeah, so yeah, like I said, there were certain areas and stuff that I'd never explored as a player before. And uh, because this was kind of going so wild, I just thought, right, well, um, you know, I'm going to put in this and she's gone to a funeral home. So we've gone all the way to the funeral home. We're looking them up. And I just thought, right, yep, they're mourning in there. Right, um, they're crying, they're wearing black cloaks. You don't know who, which one's Jenny. What are you going to do? And then they're like, they're looking. One of them's knocking and shouting out the window. I'm just like... Right, they're all telling you to be quiet. And then Richard says, I've got this idea. He goes in, he goes, praise Jesus, like this. And he starts saying, I've been sent here by the Lord to, to save everyone. And then he just goes, don't worry, don't worry. Bev's going to be fine. And she, this uh, lady, Bev, died of a, a weird cheese curd accident. <laughs> and uh, he basically runs in, open casket, um, <laughs> jumps on her and licks her. And with this power, resurrects her. But he rolled such a high, uh, rolled so highly that um, she actually retained her memory. So she didn't, she wasn't brought back to life with the hindrances that meant they were like a brain dead idiot. Right. So she got alive and then basically all hell broke loose. All the people, some people were screaming, running away. Panic was... (laughs) Zombies! Yeah, panic was gone. Uh, Some people were thanking him, saying, thank you, you sent from the Lord. Jenny was running away and then we did like a a really cool pursuit and stuff. Nice. Um, Did a dramatic task to catch up to her. And then... Um, they did this amazing thing, which was they managed to convince um, Jenny hmm. uh, because she had a hindrance of she'd follow a fairy tale life, so she'd leave Jefferson in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. They managed to convince her and like talk to her and uh, using persuading stuff that um, basically, if she goes to their planet, they just told her the actual reason they were there and said, if you go to our planet, you'll be treated as a queen, as a princess, um, because you will save us. You will save our race and you will be the best thing that's ever happened to us. And she was just well up for it. And so they explained to her where the ship was and basically said, if anything happens to them, 
and get to the ship. Mm. So it was almost like nothing could go wrong. Okay. They eventually got to the to the ship, uh, pulled out the last uh, twist and complication in the book, which is that the the men in slacks, which is the government men in black kind of people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who are kind of crap, um, but they are like the biggest enemy in it for the aliens. Um, they were just basically doing a chase scene in the uh, in some aircraft, so the the spaceship and the aircraft, and played that out as a dramatic task instead. And they actually won. They actually got back to their planet, and then Yay. they did a little, uh, an epilogue at the end, which was pretty fun. Sounds fucking good. And they saved their planet. Yeah, it sounded funny. I was when we was playing Camilla. I was hearing snippets of like you know redneck yeah, and um, like impressions and stuff. Crazy and it's, voices. It's, it did sound funny. I heard yeah. one part where. They they used to pen on themselves. Yeah, we actually had a. Yeah, we had a message from Richard Wilcock about that. He says um, one of his favourite memories was in Aliens versus Rednecks when we grappled the man in slacks. Then my alien gave the guy a good probing. <laughs> the poor man was so traumatised that he tried to erase his own memory with his neuralizer. But then he botched the role and intensified the memory to. Crystal, Crystal clarity. clarity. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah, so, so he's now yeah. never ever going to forget yeah. it. And he's going to remember it forever. That's really good. That, that's, that's how really they good. got out of that situation. That's so awesome. That's really good. So, yeah. so um, you think I it went really well? Well, it, those two seem to really enjoy it. I mean, like uh, at the beginning, I was I felt it wasn't like really. I didn't because I I should have planned the beginning at least, right? Realistically, because I just thought. Because the way we well, ran, it, the way well, <laughs> the way we ran it before, right? Or when we when we were players in it, mm. we were told what was happening, and then we just we set off, and mm-hmm. then we did we started, but they didn't. And I was just like, okay, so I just need to sort of say, give them a little a little hint. Nudge in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, other than that, I do feel like during it, and like I said, because of how well it was written, and like the twist complications and all that, I found it really easy just to be like throw this out here, throw this out there and sort of explain what's going on. And because yeah. it is a comedy setting and luckily uh, the two players as well, they, they were really enjoying the comedy and everything I was putting out. So I think it's a bit, it's very, uh, it's very hard thing to get used to because those settings, uh, those sort of plug and play adventures that Justin's set imagination do allow so much freedom. Yeah, totally. Um, it's hard to get used to where you go, this is the scene, do anything you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and with that it starts with the pageant with the with the fucking float going through the street and you're like she's right there go up and grab her if you want yeah, the yeah. player's just uh, so bewildered often it's like no, well, yeah. I can just go up and grab her and just yeah. take her to the ship and you're like yeah Go for it. Well, give it a try, yeah, try that. Yeah. Um, Ryan you played uh, Savage Fallout GM'd by Sean Hunt yeah went badly didn't it <laughs> <laughs> well I don't remember a whole lot about it to be completely Drunk. honest because the beers were flowing by uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. okay well, um, he, well he, we, he, we know enough as, as, yeah. as players and GMs at other tables no, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 it sounded fucking awesome it was yeah. amazing from what I know is I remember laughing the whole time but I don't know if that was the booze all I remember is <laughs> see we talked about already that we're, that we're all, we, we've had one TPK in our weekly fallout game yep. We've uh, we, we're on the verge of another one because we've just got into a fight with ghouls, mm-hmm. and this one ended in a TPK, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in actual fact, the the same adventure that you played, Ryan, um, we played at, at Pete Meet in February this year. Oh, right. And uh, that was a TPK too. Oh, so so yeah. I don't know what the Maybe fuck that's... Is, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> is wrong with Sean. Yeah. And what he needs to straighten out his fucking attitude. Killer of PCs. Yeah. Well, his 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 last us. campaign, his last full campaign, ended in TPK as well. 
He's a, serial, he's a serial killer. He's a serial killer. He's, he's, he's an a mass murderer. He's acting out his fantasies yeah, yeah. in a game. Yeah. But no, um, from what I understand, I'll keep this one brief and then we'll move on to the day two games mm-hmm. um, and we'll probably have a little break. Mm-hmm. I mean, that means nothing to the actual people listening to the podcast. But the point is, <laughs> a break for you, podcast. Yeah, you don't get a break. <laughs> you got to keep listening. Fuck you. It's going to be bleeding. Anyway, my point is, is um, yeah, it, it was a, a mission from two megaton guards. One of you played Gary Busey, right? No. <laughs> No, nobody picked him this no time. No one picked him because we, we couldn't do it justice because we Gary Busey features in our yeah. uh, weekly campaign Yeah, um, and he's or, played or he so did. well by Sean. Uh, we didn't feel play. like we fair could, play. you know, so, do um, a good version of it. Yeah, apparently what happened was it's a mission for some guys from Megaton to go and get some medicine and it's yeah. essentially like a dungeon crawl because you have to go through the sewers. Apparently you guys were driving a car crashed it and then when you got out you got munted by some ghouls yeah exactly what happened right yeah yeah we got <laughs> but yeah 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 i mean that's that's what i believe yeah i, I think remember that happened. kind of happening yeah don't worry mate when i went to, when i went to dragon con the last game i played which was uh tales from the loop dragon was pretty loop. hazy dragon meat well exactly what <laughs> yeah pretty hazy yeah. it's pretty hazy during dragon meat nick started doing my character voice halfway through just nicked it <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was happening yeah. a couple of times during Castle Carmilla because it was the last game of that day and, and Nick's voice he, he was like oh I say and then, yeah. and, then, and then he was like at some point so I was doing an Alan Rickman type voice and he was like shall we go through here and I'm like Nick that's my voice <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I know you've had a few beers but calm down <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway um, but that, it was really short as well because we died quite quickly yeah, I know, so that, you, that was another problem yeah I looked over the table was empty I was like, we were yeah, a bit packed pissed up. it was really short so I don't remember a whole lot but I remember it being funny and remember laughing a lot that's, well, there you go. that's all you yeah, want yeah so, yeah so Time. Well done, Sean. Well done, Sean. <laughs> and thanks for killing us again. <laughs> <laughs> you murderer. Got blood on his hands. Savage. So then day two begun, and uh, we, we've, we'll we get through these ones quickly because we're aware we're taking up a lot of your time, listeners, but we had some fucking great games here. Um, James and I played in Saga of the Goblin and Horde. And me, yep. Oh, and Nick as well, yep. yeah. Um, Saga of the Goblin Horde run by Richard Wilcock, the oh, writer yes. Yes. Oh, yes. of Saga of what the a Goblin Horde. And the cool thing was is James had himself made into a goblin... Yep. for this game mm-hmm. yeah so Richard had uh, sneakily got in contact with uh, Harrison and Nick I think mm-hmm. and uh, they sort of gave sort of uh, sort of background about me and then Richard amalgamated that into a goblin war drummer yeah, called so Jammy he, Deep Throat yeah so he asked, he, asked me, um, he asked me for facts about James and I said he's a drummer he only ever eats chicken um, and he loves and- his hair and there was, I told him, he said, give me a funny story about him. And I told him about a time where James was running when he was a kid and he was so excited and that he had his mouth open and then a butterfly flew in and James... <laughs> by mistake. Yeah. And uh, this game was amazing. Oh. Um, it was three adventures and the first one was yeah, the brand whole... brand new as well. Yeah, brand new adventures mm-hmm. just for this. It was the whole of glory... Um, the hand, hand job. job, the hand of glory. Oh yeah, the hand of glory. The uh, and then the morning woods. The morning woods. Yeah, oh. and uh, the the there was um it was just the writing was incredible. The puns were off the hook. Yeah, uh, yeah. it was ridiculous. <laughs> he, he completely played up to the fact that we all love toilet humour, and it was fantastic. Yeah, and one of the um yeah one of my favourite moments. So it was all about like getting get back at this uh, like uh, the tribe um, leader of these goblins basically tasked us with getting getting this wizard bloke basically and sort of getting get, getting revenge on him no no bringing him back well it was getting revenge on him and also bringing back this the like, artifact the mm-hmm. artifact and then also bringing back this um, 
like really horrible hag that he had his eye on that he wanted to have yeah. sex with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wanted a horrible hag because he, he loved that and also wanted to get artifacts so he could uh, rule rule again the mm-hmm. kingdom like properly. Yeah, and yeah, this artifact belonged to this wizard that he didn't like. And it turned out the wizard uh, turned himself into a lich and all of this stuff. But one of my favourite things is, is that this uh, wizard had uh, made three wishes because oh, he'd met were, a genie. These were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the first one, I can't remember what it was, but he'd broken his legs. Uh, the first one was he wanted the power of the gods and then as a result got struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah, and then the second one was that he'd wanted to be showered in gold and he ended up wet and embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the third one, we were running through the woods and we suddenly en- encountered a 40-foot high rooster he wished for a giant cock. <laughs> it was it was fucking amazing. Yeah. And the whole thing ended in us um, having a tea party with the lich, getting him on side, and riding the the massive rooster um, back to destroy um, the uh, the tr- chief of our tribe, Chief Big Nose. It just who- so happened to be um, uh, in the game Harrison's dad. Yeah, and he I was like the, the brand new archetype that was commissioned for. Uh, um, for Saga. Oh, the princess, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, princess, it was yeah. the new one, uh, Amelia Bloodylocks. And yeah. uh, she was fucking awesome. and had, So tough. So tough. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was, there were so many great moments, like just a, an amazing amount. But the, 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 like, the apex of it was us making so many cock jokes. Just oh, so man. Loads. And, and it was so funny much. because I was just like, I was like, we need to ram this cock into my father. And then the <laughs> lich was like, yes, and we should do it again and again. We should ram him over and over and over <laughs> and over until he's sore and bloody <laughs> and then I did a, a boost boost trait to the rooster as we're going along and then Richard was just like oh this is a this is a really hard cock yeah, yeah. oh my <laughs> god yeah because you boosted his vigour so he was like this is a tough hard cock now <laughs> oh my god it was it was hideous and then um, yeah there were so many great moments I mean we, we used the shenanigans table so there's this thing where you can get a Benny if you have five or less Bennies as a player then you you get given a Benny, but then your minions get up to shenanigans. You invoke shenanigans. And they yeah. do something stupid. So one of mine pushed me down a hole. Oh, yeah. One of mine went off for private time, so I said that they basically <laughs> went off to have a wank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. There was loads and loads of stupid shit like this. And and this game is fantastic. It's Saga of the Goblin oh, Horde. You know. Yeah, we, ran, we go on about it so much, but we But it's award-winning. It. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. absolutely Richard love it. Richard run it. That's, that's so cool. It, it was, it was a treat. It was an yeah. absolute treat. And, you know, to, to have Richard come down was one thing but to actually have him run his game for us I mean you know well he came all the way from Germany and it was it was an absolute honour and playing this game with him I I honestly was touched it was was amazing I was absolutely um, just so excited because obviously during the character picking I picked last and then saw me and (laughs) I was just like Bowled over in excitement. It's like joy. a kid at Christmas. You should have yeah. seen James. He he was like he was proper fanboy, wasn't he? Oh, James. Yeah. <laughs> James James is a very very loud person usually. And at the table, you know, he'd had a few beers. He's loud. He's brash. And then suddenly he sees his character and he's like humbled. This, this is me. <laughs> So humbled. It was so it was such an amazing time and I, I, I that that game was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um and Richard comes in with a memory, and this is one of my favourite moments from the game as well. And he says, In Saga of the Goblin Horde, when Steve's goblin PC wore that magical dress that made her look like a beautiful human woman. 
so that she could walk into the mansion. So this is where we're storming. Oh, because you had a, um, a, a, a what they like an artifact card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, we were storming a human mansion, and it made him look like a human. But Pete's character was hiding underneath the jet, the dress, and it said. Then Pete's character clambered out from under the dress and set off an explosive device right in the middle of the park. <laughs> yeah, and like a massive demolition explosive. kit, wasn't it? Yeah. And it, it, it was funny because at the exact same time. Um, Nick's character who I basically bullied yep. throughout the whole game I just threw him through the back window <laughs> yeah. and he was on top of like the wall like a spear yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so we just absolutely destroyed this party it was it was amazing like what a game what, what a game, game. Yeah, it and was we fantastic. Played, basically played three adventures in one one shot mm-hmm. oh amazing. and they all tied in perfectly yeah. I'm really so honoured that Richard did it for us mm-hmm. but he was also really happy because he said it was the first time he had ever ran it in English face to face. Oh yeah, because he's only ever done online um, English ones. Yeah, and he's a native English speaker, so he said it was quite refreshing as mm. well, despite mm. the fact he was very ill. Yeah. Um, last up, uh, we played, or uh, well, I ran Lankmar, and it was a self-made uh, sort of um, open kind of adventure. Yeah. Um, called Bob the Slob and the Clobber Job. Um, <laughs> now the the plot of this, <laughs> the plot of this is basically. Um, the Thieves Guild in Lankmar, so this is this is kind of the setting. It's a medieval thing where the Thieves Guild, who are kind of like the mafia, run the city yeah. and they uh, the they, power. Yeah, and they, they give they give missions to people and if you do a crime in the city you better hope you have a Thieves Guild license because otherwise they're coming after you. That's mm. it. Yep. And uh, this guy had gone to do a clobber job, essentially beat someone up and collect money from them. And he'd run off with the money. Now, the Thieves Guild, they don't want you to go and get the money. They want you to go and get Bob the Slob and take him back alive so they can torture him. Now, it's very simple. You go to the bar and you see Bob the Slob. You have to get him back alive. Simple. But as with uh, Aliens vs. Rednecks, as with Punted of the Bonds, there are twists and complications. And there were many, many, many ones in this. Um... For example, there was a point, in fact, this was when you guys fucked up. You did a navigation role, ended up in a back alley where there was a dead end, and then got stormed by guards, had to fight them, things like this. <laughs> and this guy, the whole point of the adventure, really, is that Bob Lasob is such a deplorable character that you want to hit him. Yeah. And that kept on happening throughout this. People kept on, like, somebody stabbed him in the knee at one point. <laughs> yeah. We gave him a, uh, a, a wound and then healed him. <laughs> yeah. Teach him a lesson. And this kept on happening. He, he was a deplorable character. At one point, he tried to run away across the rooftops, and as he was running, everyone on the ground was shouting insults at him while Trina the mouse was chasing him across the rooftops, and he was chucking cow traps. At one point, it's. That fo- bit really made me laugh as well. And he was like, You've got a small dick! And he was like, No, I ain't. <laughs> Yeah, carried on running. They got him to the docks at one point. Uh, well, essentially, somebody played a an adventure card and made him admit everything. And he said, I do have the money, I do have the money. But Bob the Slob is so stupid that he hid it in the one place the thieves killed could never get it, in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. But also, he couldn't retrieve it. So, <laughs> he's so fucking stupid that he did that. And all of the people at the table were like, right, well... We have to go and get the money. It's like it was like so much money; it's un- unreal. It was like a yeah. million gold, basically. And um, so they go to the docks. They go and get a boat. They also notified the thieves guild um, of, of what they were doing, which is I don't know, it's a bit of a silly move. So what happened was they go out to the ocean um, and they sort of they they retrieve the gold. But when they did it, um, the thieves guild also knew about it, so they went and got a boat and sidled up to them. James's character managed to collect the gold by getting on an anchor, going yep. down really quickly, absolutely aced all of his roles. 
hooked it onto the anchor and then pulled the anchor yeah, back nice. oh, It was probably the quickest nice. dramatic task that we've ever, ever, ever played because within two cards it was done. Nice. But we were also, as it was happening, explaining and rolling like super quick because we knew it was com- it was coming towards the end of the session yeah. and we wanted to just get it over and done with and it was literally just for me so we didn't want all the other players to be bored with it. So, But we smashed it instantly. Nice. Just bang, bang, bang and it was done. Five successes. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, the... the, the um, the funny thing was is right at the end the Thieves Guild sidle up and go you know we have to take that money off you right and then they just slaughtered all of the Thieves Guild members <laughs> one, one of them um, one of them just uh, then, then then they created this big lie about how they tried their best Bob the Slob killed all of them and Bob the Slob as he saw them turning up he goes uh, he goes yeah I'm gonna go out of this uh, planet how I lived uh, jumping in the ocean and then he dived, tried to swim away, but obviously his leg was so fucked up from everything that just happened to what, him. Drowned. Yeah, because he had to roll at such a penalty that um, yeah, he drowned. It, that was another thing as well, where they started getting really angry at him because when they he when he was trying to tell them where he 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 dropped the gold, his directions were so bad they thought he was lying, but he was just <laughs> stupid. So he was like, "See that where that big blue wobbly thing meets the uh, meets the uh, you know the other thing?" And he's like, "Do you mean the sky?" He's like, "Yeah, that's the one." And it's like, by big blue wobbly thing, do you mean the sea? It's like, yeah, 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 that one. And it was like, they really hated him. And that's sort of the point of the adventure. It's like, you have to get him back, but you hate him so much you want to hurt him. You constantly want to hurt him or kill him, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it was really really quite a fun adventure. And I feel like one of the things, maybe missteps that I made was that when I create a puzzle like that, for example, the, uh, the, the gold at the bottom of the ocean, I don't like to uh, build in a solution. And I feel like some players at the table might find that quite annoying. Mm, you yeah. guys are used to it, but yeah, um, yeah there wasn't a solution there. No. I wanted you guys to come up with it, and it did, and maybe that didn't work um, as well as I thought it should have. But nonetheless, I really enjoyed the adventure. I thought it was great fun. I thought everyone played very well. Um, but yeah, there wasn't a solution to that. And James, you came up with a cracking one. And um, yeah. yeah. It was my only sort of... Because my character was basically a dumb, mute brute, right? Because he previously a slave and his tongue cut out. And he'd only actually re- previously interacted with one other player character at the table. And um, so our dynamic... And we were meant to kind of discuss it beforehand, but there was no need because it was, ended up being really natural. All, all Everything I did was grunts and actions. And um, I was basically following orders from everyone. And, and I was just dumb, so I'd kind of... You know, shout really loudly, grunt really loudly when you shouldn't, when you, you know, when, when, you know, when really you shouldn't do and stuff. And I was kind of like an idiot in that respect. So I decided right at the end, I was like, I think I figured it out, but I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. Even though it's a smart move, it's a dumb manoeuvre because I can literally just die by trying to do the anchor drop and yeah, catching the yeah, guard. Yeah. But it just paid off. Yeah, and uh, Richard comes in with one final memory and he says uh, one of his favourite things was in Bob the Slob and the Clobber Job when Magnus seduced those seven women at the same time and went off to service them all and returned eight minutes later. <laughs> yeah, and that was at the same time as we were chasing after He's a boy. Uh, uh, Bob the Slob or yeah. when yeah. we got him, sorry, and we were carting him towards he, the Thieves Guild. Yeah, he had the amorous hindrance and he played it and uh, yeah, he and he, he rolled so well he had done all these women in eight minutes. Completely satisfied them. Yep. So sorry about that, quite hideous. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love Lankmar. Uh, always yeah. always love a chance to, to run it or play it and mm-hmm. uh, I, I had a great time. Um, if I ran it again, I might build in a maybe an easier solution to that puzzle but yeah, I, I, I had a great time anyway and I thought everyone did a, did a cracking job so well I, done. I really enjoyed the... Uh, 
player chemistry at the table. Yeah. Although there was sort of moments of lull with spe- like specific players. Overall, I think our our dynamics and our chemistry was really awesome. We had a few people at the table that we'd like never really met and like only met at the convention. There was a one brand new player that came for the Sunday only, and they really really did well and enjoyed themselells and properly had fun oh, and I Darry, it was yeah. wicked. he was yeah. he was cracking and um there was um yeah, there was a lot of really really good chemistry i i, I thought it was fantastic and uh, there was one um twist that I never got to use um that was supposed to be in the bar that uh, all of Bob the Slob's ex-girlfriends turned up and have formed an anti-bob coalition <laughs> and, they, they, and they tried to kill him. But I never got to use that one, sadly. Um, last of all was the... Uh, I just want to talk about the raffle, which was fucking amazing. Um, got sponsored by Justin Sir Imagination. So thank had, you. Yeah, thank you very much to mm-hmm. those guys. Um, we had six copies of Wise Guys demo kit to give away. And we had the 50 Fathoms book to give away. Did yes. you see what was written in that, right? Signed by Gary. I didn't actually, no. So, because um, Gary's quite... You know what he's like. You know, he says quite inappropriate things. I've heard about Gary, yeah. So 50 Fathoms is a pirate setting. And he wrote in that, um, this this book has more booty than a Weight Watchers convention. <laughs> also Wales, just saying. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, oh, mate, I really wish I won it. And he signed it at the Murder Hobo show. And so he said, uh, so just look out for the Murder Hobo show. And obviously we've mentioned Justin's imagination a lot uh, during this with Aliens vs. Rednecks, Punted in the Bonds. Um, just check those guys out and check out the Moto Hobo show if you mm-hmm. can. We had a lot of really cool prizes to give away as well. Um, so, yeah, thank you to everyone that came. Yeah, and I want to thank Richard for signing my uh, Saga of the Goblin Horde. Yes. I went a bit, yeah, fanboy on him. was like, do you want to sign in this poem? Yeah, yeah, you went and signed into a child. Didn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> he signed my card deck as well. So, um, it, just yes. in conclusion, I want to I want to just say that I'm extremely humbled by everyone that turned up. Oh, yeah, thank you so yeah, much. Because, yeah, awesome. uh, as I said on, on the post afterwards, um, it was nice seeing all my friends turn up, but I sort of expected that. But seeing all the people that turned up that I didn't know, and people that came from so far away. Yeah, so people from Spain as well. South End, uh, Germany. Mm-hmm. Or, like, up like, north. Up north. Norwich, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's Norfolk, just, sorry. All of these people that came that I barely know that put in so much effort mm-hmm. and did so much work to make this a fucking amazing convention you uh, really really uh, touched me and I can't show you where <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah. yeah thank, thank you, you so, so much we are it was amazing what, uh, like I said it, the, the, the atmosphere there was just like everyone knew each other they were there to just have a good day of gaming it was friendly and it felt like that and it felt really kind of personal in a really nice way yeah. well there was a lovely night group of lads mm-hmm. there was a there's a lovely few messages that were said afterwards by other people which was great but there's one that I really really felt honored to to have written there was that Owen Lean said that um he's he's been to a few conventions but he said it, it was the best crazily it was the best run convention he's ever ever uh, GM'd at because mm-hmm. he always likes to GM at conventions always yeah mm. and he said yeah but hands down it was the best one he's ever ever done and I was just like whoa 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 <laughs> That's, thank you that so much. much. I tell you, I mean, I think it's safe to say it was a roaring success, and um, we're we're eager and excited to to, yeah. to do it again. Yeah, um, it's a great day. Definitely out. be doing it again. I'd just like to point something else out as well. There are other games that we haven't mentioned, but that's purely because the people here uh, recording this podcast were not part of them. Yeah, but and that's um, it. there was yeah, there was free free slots and free tables at day one, and then uh, 
two slots and uh, yeah. two tables. And everybody table. knocked it out of the park. Not a single, single bad game. You know, yeah. everybody yeah. was saying how great everybody's games were. Yeah, so, so yeah. smashed it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I will say, somebody's taken my Savage Worlds call rule book. Where is it? You're going to fucking die. <laughs> I understand me. But that's it, um, guys. Savage Con. Uh, bear in mind, keep an eye out. Uh, look for Savage uh, Con, uh, the UK's only Savage Worlds convention yep. on Facebook. And yep. uh, like it because we'll be doing it again next year. We will be. Yeah, yeah. we'll be doing it again. And it might be sooner than you think because um, as lovely as it was doing it in the height of summer, uh, we might look to do it earlier next year for, for temperature yeah, reasons. because that weather was <laughs> fucked up. Unless, <laughs> we can, unless we can find a venue that has aircon. Uh, yeah, right. so, but stay tuned. Stay on the site. The site will keep active. We will keep keep doing the um, Savage Con Facebook so we'll do up regular updates. All right, but shut up. Enough. We've got another thing next. Yay! In a land far beyond your imagining, adventure waits. And down beneath you will find things that you never dreamed of seeing. Goblins, orcs, treasures, mountains of gold. Will you be brave enough to delve deep and beat the final boss of the dungeon? This is Adventure Calls, available for $49.99.99. Available at all good retailers. We know that prank calls are for idiots and for people with no sense of humour, mm-hmm. and they're puerile and lame. And that's exactly why, why they're we're going to do one now. <laughs> yeah. um, right. So listen up, guys. Um, you know Genesis, the the role playing game. Ah, uh, yes, I do. A lot of people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people but hate it. It's it's not been selling quite as well as it as it should do. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, and that's just that's just a really sad thing. I think. Hello, Forbidden Planet London. How can I help? Hey, Forbidden Planet London. Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Jack Flash. I was wondering, do you have uh, d- Dungeons and Dragons there in your role-playing section? Um, were you looking for one specific book or one specific board game? Uh, just sort of the main, the main core rule book there. Uh, right, bear with me one sec. I just double-check I've got some in stock at the moment. Bear with us. Okay. Oh, cool. That's the Star Wars music. Hi, I'm sorry to keep you. We have got the main three books in store at the moment. Okay, um, well, I got a proposition for you. I say throw all of those books out. You know why? Because uh, I'm a traveling salesman and I got a better proposition for you. Okay, I got, I, it's a game called Genesis. Okay, what you got to do in that game, you create your character, you roll some dice with weird fucking symbols all over them, and then you read them for three to five hours, and then you know if your character tripped over or, or if he carried on running away from the beasts or whatever. Does that sound like the sort of thing you want to stock on your shelves? I'll personally sign every copy too. I didn't write it or nothing, but I'll do that just for you. See, I'm overstocked. You gotta help me out here. Um, unfortunately, I can't take any um books over, like pay or accept any orders over the phone. Unfortunately, it's something that's run by our head office. Ah, uh, no. Well, um. Well, you gotta help me out though. Some maybe you personally could buy like five copies or something. You see, what happened was, is I, I bought about uh, uh, five thousand copies. You see, I thought it was gonna be the next big thing. I went all in. I got a garage stocked full of the fucking things. My wife, she's gonna leave me. She, could, we ain't had food, food for three weeks. I ate, they ate nothing but a potato in the last week. Fucking, I, we went to the store. I, they had one can of beans, one can of beans. That's all I could afford. You understand me? So if you buy one copy of Genesis, that means my baby can eat this week. Otherwise, I have to chuck the damn thing in the river. Stupid baby. It's just one more mouth to feed. You understand? Goddamn Genesis. Yeah, I can't can't buy anything. Okay. I know, but you're going to like it, madam. You can use it. It's like Star Wars, except not quite as good because it doesn't have lightsabers. 
I mean, that's a bad pitch, honestly, but but if you buy it, you'll be helping a guy out. Yeah, well, I'm afraid I can't. Not while I'm at work. Okay, then. Okay, well, why don't you call me after work? Goddamn bitch. Good morning, Nelson McDonald's. Hey, is this McDonald's? Hi, uh, sorry, who's this? Uh, this is Jack Flesh. I'm. I just. Uh, look, I'm. I, I'm gonna level with you, pal. I made some investments that didn't go particularly well, and uh, I'm looking to trade books. Uh, Genesis books for for McDonald's. I'm hungry. Okay. Look, I'll trade you one one copy of Genesis role playing game call rule book for a cheeseburger. We got a deal. It's a good game. It's a good game. You want you want a trick? Fuck's sake. Hello, Magic Madhouse. How can I help? Hello, I was uh, just wondering, do you have any copies of Dungeons and Dragons? Uh, all of my stock would be listed on the website, and that should all be accurate to our current numbers as well. Ah, because I, I saw on your website that you did have that in stock, and I just wanted to say, uh, well, I'm a, um, I'm going to level with you. I'm a salesman, and I just wanted to say, throw all of those out, because I got the next big thing. We got... Genesis, the call book, rule book role-playing game, and uh, this is just like Star Wars, except uh, you know it doesn't have lightsabers. And and what you do is you roll a bunch of dice. Let's say, for instance, you want to kill a goblin. You roll the dice. You interpret them all the weird symbols on them for about three to five weeks, and then uh, what you do is after that you know if you hit it or not. Now I, I know that doesn't sound exciting, but the stories that you get from this—oh my God—is crazy. Do, you, do would you like to buy five thousand copies? Uh, you'd need to email in any kind of request like that. I don't at this current time have a computer. You see, what happened was is I spent all of my money on copies of Genesis. Then my computer broke, and now uh, I, I kind of up. Well, let's call it Poopy Creek without a without a uh, paddling a paddling paddle. Okay, I don't believe it's something that we'd look into at this time, I'm afraid. Well, you gotta help me out, buddy, because uh, my wife, she's gonna leave me if I don't sell these copies of Genesis. We ain't had anything to eat for weeks. Last, last week, all I ate was a, a, a saltine. Right, well, I'm afraid that there's nothing I'll be able to do to help you. Well, maybe you personally could buy at least one copy of Genesis, and I could eat more than a can of beans this week. Unfortunately not, no. Ah, well, um... Maybe just maybe you could just meet me up and we could do you could give me a hug. I'm awfully lonely also. My wife she she ain't give me no affection for months. As soon as you get them sold, I'm sure she will. Well, it ain't happening. Everyone was telling me Genesis is going to be the next big thing. I I I look at my fucking garage full of all these copies and I I I'm starting to think actually no I don't believe them. So sorry, was there anything else I could help you with? Uh, I got back problems. Nothing I can do about that, I'm afraid. Okay, well, uh, goodbye. Okay, you, you have a good weekend. I, w I won't. I definitely won't. Hello? Okay, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my shit. God. Oh, yeah. amazing. That was sick. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just hard times being a traveling Genesis salesman. <laughs> That's I mean, good. That game it ain't selling well, guys. No. Fantasy oh, Flight. It's, you know, if you if you buy a lot of those. He put his, chi put his chips in one basket there. Put all of his chips in a Genesis basket <laughs> and now he's going down. I mean, I feel sorry for those people out there. Jamie Pearson, if you're listening, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> Takes three weeks to uh, interpret them, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyone that's still playing Genesis, uh, let me know. For the actually, that's just Jamie, isn't it? Jamie, uh, if you want a hug, come I'm down. on over, mate. <laughs> we got them for you. All right, uh, and now we're going to move on to the Chamber of Challenges, and, I, and we got some good shit in there for you guys. Ooh. 
Welcome to the Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. <laughs> so this is the Chamber of Challenges, and this is where we do RPG-related challenges for one another. Nick. <laughs> yes, we do. Us. Yes, I've got a little challenge that I'm put together. Um, this one is... Well, I've got to admit the title's not that exciting, but it's RPG Riddles. Um, these are riddles that are taken from actual games over the years that people have used. And let's see if, how you fare up against them. I like Red, a riddle. Ready? Yeah. Riddle me this. Riddle number one. Riddle me this. One tooth to bite the forest's foes, the same tooth to fight as all dwarves know. Fuck, are these going to be really hard? Probably, yeah. Uh, <laughs> give me that one again yeah say again one right. tooth to bite the forest's foe the same tooth to fight as all dwarfs know one tooth to bite the forest's foes the same tooth to bite the same tooth to fight as all dwarfs know uh, is it a dagger close sword <laughs> still tooth. still close what what are dwarfs uh, like Axe. Yes, well, well done, Ryan. Okay. Hey. It's an axe. Well okay. done, well okay. done. All right, Ryan, that's one point to Ryan. Remember that, because <laughs> yep. you get to take that home with you. You get to take hey. that point to home. Put it in your pocket. With right. 100 quid you're paying me. Right, next one. Mm. Yeah, we're talking about We'll negotiate the yeah. end. Okay. okay, next one. <laughs> six, arms, six arms, six legs, three heads, and a very short life. So, six, six arms, six legs, three heads. And a very short life. That's stupid. This I don't, this one's tricky, to be fair. Very tricky. Is it an adventuring party? Oh, ho, 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 you're getting there. Oh, okay. Right, so six arms, six legs, so... Yeah, so and three, three heads. People. Yeah, well done, yeah. Uh, and a very short... Like, you won't get... Do you know what? I'm going to give you this one because you are knocking on the door. That is three knights facing a dragon. That's fucking... Oh, Jesus. Well, no. Facing a dragon? <laughs> Nick, I'm going to beat you up. Is <laughs> the facing the dragon part? I would have never got that. No, yeah, that's, that never. is true. Oh, that yeah, because a very short life because he would have died. Yeah, but yeah. The that could be any high-level yeah. high monster. True, All right, all right. Fuck you. Sorry. Okay, next one. In the eyes, it causes blindness. In the nose, just a sneeze. Yet some suck this down and act as if pleased. Come. Um, <laughs> beer. No. Poison. No. Blood. In the eyes, it causes blindness. In the nose, just a sneeze. Oh, a pepper. Yet some suck this down and act as oh, please. smoke. Yeah, well done. Uh, <laughs> that one's actually all right. I yeah, like that yeah, one. Because yeah. he did the action of... I'll have a little, bit, little hint it. now. All right. Yeah, I like that one because I got a point for it. Yes. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, Ready yeah. for the next one? Yes. I have little strength but mighty powers. Mm-hmm. I guard small hovels and great towers. Wizard. Nope. Fuck. But if perchance my master leaves, he must secure me to be at ease. A door. Close. What goes with a door? Gate. A lock. Hinge. Ooh, Hinges. Uh, more, a little bit more. Uh, big lock. What goes in a lock? A key. key. Yes. Yay! <laughs> 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 okay. Pull with all your might. Yes. Only a whistle your gain. But almost out of sight, someone cries in pain. Oh, what, say is again? This, is this a train mowing down a human? Pull with all your... <laughs> That's good. Uh, pull with all your might, only a whistle your gain. A wank. But almost out of sight, someone cries in pain. D- what, does nobody else's penis whistle? <laughs> 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 
Um, oh, I can't. I can't even think about this one. Can we just give? Can you give us? All right. All right. Go on. Is it close to what I said? <coughs> a train mowing down a human. It's a bow and arrow. Oh no, that's good. Yeah. Oh, oh that's oh. So the last one. It, okay. Yeah. All right, last one. We're really trying with this one, I yeah. promise. Okay, I get it now. I promise. What is it which builds things up, lays mountains low, dries up lakes, and makes things grow? Cares not a whim about your passing, and is like few other things because it's everlasting. So Mother s- Nature. Nope. Stone. Nope. I thought Mother Nature was pretty good. That is, yeah, it's good. It's, not, it's, it's close, <laughs> but it's not right. <laughs> The, um, the sun. Time. Well oh, done. You gave it to him. You gave yeah, it to him. He literally just pointed at his watch. He pointed at his watch. <laughs> I was giving the guests a Thanks, little, Nick. A little bonus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well okay, done. so Time. Ryan Ryan wins that one. Two points but we don't, 100 quid for me. You don't get any money. Hey! the money. He Shut wins up. it, but we don't know any points anyone got. No, but you can yeah. keep them ones that you earn. You can take them points home. You can take Thanks, points Nick. home. Give them to your Give wife. Give them to your wife. Yeah, Pay your bills with those points. Yeah, there you go. Um, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that was very good, Nick. Well done, Nick. Uh, that was Thank awesome, you. Nick. That was really good. Cheers, bro. It's actually an intellectual one. And sorry we took it down the peg, but <laughs> um, Next up, i got one. Stop looking at my answers on my phone. Right, so I've got um, Dragon or Blaggin, Savage Con. Ooh. Right, so this is uh, this is sort of like you've got to pick out the bullshit in some answers and things like this. So mm-hmm. it's just a, a little quiz about Savage Con. So... SavageCon Day 1 was hosted at the Toby Carvery, a fast food roast beef restaurant. <laughs> Many people took advantage of the food available, but which one of these is true? I saw one of our group eat some butter thinking it was cheese. <laughs> Somebody ate a plate of just beef with a jug of mustard on the side, then was sick twice. Someone took all of the free biscuits that came with the conference room and is still making their way through them. Or D. Somebody drank a pint glass filled with coffee. C's correct. Oh, you know it. No, no, no. I'll just... I'll just Because you got, nicked I, all the biscuits. No, it weren't me. I know, I know who it was. The biscuits. I know who it was. Sure. Okay, so, James, you are correct. Somebody took all of the free biscuits that came with the conference room and is still making their way through them. That was Peter Beckett. <gasps> Do you know, I was on the table Little when he took it. Little biscotti monster. Like, Don't eat too many because uh, that'd be my breakfast tomorrow. And he just pushed them all into his pack. You're joking. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a, man, a man cannot live on biscuits alone. <laughs> it is his breakfast the next day. Wow. Yeah. He's probably he's, eating them on holiday. Yeah. I bet he took them on holiday with him. Yeah, yeah, because he's now in Greece. He's, he's sitting by the pool eating biscuits. <laughs> yeah, his entire suitcase is probably full of, of little biscuits. All right, so, James, I don't think you can answer this next one. But okay. um, in Connor's game, Punk Rock, James's character, being a James character, said many outrageous things. Which of these was a real quote from his character, the band's drummer? And I'm fairly certain I'm going to have to bleep some of this. Okay. I love old people, but I've never eaten a whole one, followed by a tongue movement. You got to f- <laughs> This one's horrible. you got to finger the bass like you finger the <laughs> Only joking, not really joking. <laughs> Vampires are disgusting, but not as bad as all that scat porn I have under my bed. <laughs> Or um, D, is it just me, or did it get a bit cuntier in here? <laughs> I'm going D. I'm gonna go B. <laughs> okay, so uh, you're both wrong. Ah. No, 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 Ryan, you are right. Oh, it was. <laughs> think it of the base. Like so outrageous. No, because if you, you remember say. our song about the uh, pedo geist. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. right. That was, was from that. Yeah. And then we were talking to our manager, who was Harrison, and then we were just telling him how to do it. Yeah, because yeah. I had to play the bass for our last gig, and he was saying, "You got to finger the bass like you finger the." Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it was pretty horrible. All That's right. Horrendous. Next question. I oh, know. We've, we've Bleep the- that. <laughs> no, it worked. It worked in the game. It was that in was character. It, it was pure comedy, just for game. Like yeah, proper obvi- dark, obviously. Ridiculous. Anyway, next question. Right. True or false? I'm not going to name any names, but. 
I saw someone trying to steal prizes from the raffle. When I confronted them outside the front of the venue with the prize, they were running and I yelled, Oi, d Oh, shit. <laughs> Who? Oi, no, no, don't worry. It wasn't... I'm going to bleep his name, but I've said it again. And they stopped running and said they were a drug addict and they were trying to sell the copy of Wise Guys to score their next hit. Fair enough. False. <laughs> What's your answer? False. True. I mean false. False, probably. Okay. Yeah, that was false. Uh, what? <laughs> He's not a drug addict, I want to say that. Or a thief. Yeah. Or a thief. <laughs> um, yeah, that's false. You're all right. Okay. Next one. When I meet new people, I often get nervous. I often stumble over words. When Darry, a guy that only came to day two, asked if I had spaces in my Lankmar game, what did I say to him? Is it A, please, savage, welcome. B, spaces, um, loads, play, please. C, uh, hi, nice to meet you, uh, Lankmar. Accidentally saying Lankmar instead of my own name. Or D, yes, of, of play, of course, paces. <laughs> I hope it's C. I think it's C. I, I I'll hope say it's D. C. Hi, Lankmar. Hi, I'm Lankmar. <laughs> Nick and Ryan, you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> I accidentally said Lankmar instead of my own name. You help me. Oh, brilliant. Um, and the final question. Right at the end of the con, I was outside talking to Connor, and he suggested we run a con next year consisting of an entirely different flavour. What did he suggest? Was it A, hentai con, a con revolving only around sex games, B, obscure con, where people find the strangest games they can and run them, or C, trad con, revolving around only traditional RPGs, or D, unplayable con, revolving around games that are literally unplayable? <laughs> I'm going to go B. D. Yeah, I was going to say B as well. James is correct. It was unplayable con. <laughs> How infuriating would that be? Yeah. yeah. He, he suggested Fatal, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other such games. Oh, my yeah, God. So, uh, oh, and um, uh, e, e, ERRPG. Erotic Roleplay. Yeah, Erotic Roleplay. So, yeah, that, that was it. I mean, um, I think you guys did very well. You got some points. Some points, yeah. Don't some know who. Points. I'm going to um, eat mine later. So, I enjoyed them. And that's it for Chamber of Challenges. Ooh. In the future you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the Electro Letter. All right, so uh, this is the final segment, guys. This is Electro Letters, where we read your mail from around the world. And we, well, we read them. That's we it. read them, yeah. There's nothing yeah. more to it than that. <laughs> um, so first question. If Owen Lean. Yeah, Owen Lean comes in. He says, if your pets were D&D characters, what class would they be? Uh, this is kind of boring for anyone listening, so I'll get this out of the way really quickly. Nick, your cats? <sighs> Probably fucking thief. Yeah. Right, might have been thieves. Right, <laughs> moving on. Daniel Aaron, he says, Hey, to ask a question for your next show. Given that Amazon have just commissioned a new series based on Tales from the Loop, okay. what? Have they? What? Did you not if, know that? No, neither did I. Wow. Thanks, wow. Sorry, thanks Dan. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well done for interrupting. <laughs> he said, what, if any, settings or campaign you've seen or run do you think would be a good fit for the small or big screen? Uh, our GURPS campaign, I think, would be cracking. <laughs> so specifically my setting. I yeah. don't think Netflix are going to pick that up anytime soon. No, maybe Adult they Swing. They're knocking their Adult life. Swing would, no? Yeah, I've yeah. heard that tabletop twats program, and I think you've got some sick ideas. <laughs> oh, tell I, me more about the jelly. <laughs> um, I'd say uh, fucking Isaga 
of the Goblin Horde. Oh my god, that would be good. That yeah. would be like extreme. If it was based like an animation on, or something. Yeah, no, if it was just based on sort of campaigns that have been run and shit oh god, and all yeah. the all the crazy stuff. Yeah. It would be that would be so much fun. Because that could go either way. It could be either really sick and adult or a kids program. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. 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 Um I'm gonna go I was going to say cyberpunk, but there've been enough cyberpunk programs out there, so I'm going to probably echo James's idea. I think that was a good one. That's, yep. that's knocked me for six. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, what was the Pathfinder one where we had like cutie rat face and all that? That was Pathfinder. Yes, well that. So, <laughs> so what was that Pathfinder? I think I make game? a nice Pathfinder the, the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, Pathfinder yeah. the series. Yeah, the series. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Pathfinder made a, set, a series of comics that was really good, and that would translate well to a TV yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's super fantasy and stuff. Everyone loves mm. it. Yeah. Uh, next thing comes Sean Hunt. Any good series you guys are watching at the moment? I'm watching Final Space. It's fun lowbrow sci-fi. Ryan. Yeah, I was just about to say that because we was. Yeah, You're watching that as well, I, aren't you? Yeah. At the moment, and it's absolutely banging. Yeah, really good. Final Space. If you get a chance to watch it, it's on Netflix. So, what is that all about? It's it's kind of like um, Rick and Morty meets Futurama. Oh, okay. But it's got like some really epicy sort of, I don't know, sci-fi action scenes. But mm-hmm. it's really well balanced with the humour as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. It actually does remind me of um, a camp, like a campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm, okay. The way it's it, the way it's written and the way it's shot and stuff and. Yeah, it's super funny as well. The comic timing is brilliant. So if you get a chance to see it, check it out. Yeah, and David Tennant provides the voice of the bad guy. Oh, brilliant! Oh, wicked! <laughs> so, yeah, That's pretty good. That. Yeah, I'll yeah. check that out. Uh, I've been watching uh, Love Island. Oh God! All right. Um, Next. <laughs> I'm 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 deep into Love Island, mate. Oh, wow. uh, stop Ooh. cringing, everyone. Where's your head at? Is that what they say to each other all the time? Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm gonna be st- I'm gonna start grafting on her. Oh, oh, yeah, no, oh, grafting, baby. Oh, I'm, I've, been, I've been grafting on her well, hard, mate. And she's not giving me giving me anything back. I don't know where her head's at. Um, so this is a program <laughs> where it's a reality program where a bunch of people get, get very put, shallow people. Shallow Genius people get show. put onto an island and they have to couple up and see who falls in love. And my girlfriend calls it Fuck Island because it's not about love at all no um james i'm watching asabai asabasi which is a new anime series which is airing on crunchyroll at the minute it's kind of like if anyone's seen or read it as a manga dyer um but the sort of comedy in it super slapstick and and over the top and i think it's absolutely hilarious i have already suggested this to sean but for everyone else yeah it's fucking i think it's great i haven't laughed out loud to a an anime uh this much in ages so it's great Nick, what are you watching? You've been, I have, you yeah, been on Love Island? No, afraid not. I'm not a Love Island fan. Uh, it's uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here or nothing. Um, <laughs> me, I've just, me and the wife just started watching Castle Rock, which is cracking. It is a new series um, that has been produced by Stephen King and JJ Abrahams. And it is basically, uh, well, we don't know too much about it, but it's a twisted story set in Castle Rock, which is a fictional town in the King universe. And it seems like all the things that happen in the King books are exist in this world so there's <laughs> nods to all different things in king books how many episodes is it in three so far three um well. yeah so one of the lead characters is the kid that plays it in the new it remake okay. um and there's uh, you know sheriff panborn's in there and uh, you know there's a, there's a nod to cujo it's very good Shawshank's in it it's uh, so far so good it's cracking and he's tipped his hat to it as well Stephen King hasn't he? he's, he's, he's produced he, it yeah, mate, with JJ Abrams so there is executive producers on it so, he's so when a, you talk about Castle Rock I imagine like uh, like Ozzy Osbourne 
uh, Iggy Park, uh, Motorhead, all staying in one castle. <laughs> is, it, is it that? Sharon! No, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's kind of, it's not giving too much away at the moment, but it's typical King, you know what I mean? It's a twisty turny kind of um, build up the kind of, what the fuck is all this about kind of thing? But yeah, so far so good. Check it out. Oh, so good. Stephen King is the king of the castle. Well, he is, isn't he? I love Stephen King. Yep, so that's what I'm watching. All right, sweet. And Nick? Uh, next in, we've got um, Terry Hansen, and he says, I want your opinion on player metagaming. Is it inevitable? Can it be used as a potential tool by a player that can enhance role-playing? Should it be rewarded if the player can actually advance the story by being a dirty metagamer? Thank you. Uh, I don't I don't really like it in really any form. Although... Um... Yeah, uh, can you think of a good example? Any, I don't like, get it that well. Yeah. Is it like when, like, say for argument's sake, we're playing Fallout and we're like, oh, but that doesn't, that does that, I know what that is in the yeah. game. Using, so I'm going to use that knowledge. Using out of game knowledge. But, okay. But for example, nah, our characters it. that we're playing at the moment would know some bits, mm. but you've got to play it like, I'm a D4 smarts guy. So while I know what a ghoul is, I wouldn't know what a ghoul does or how to fight it, really. Yeah, you know no, I, mean? I don't like it. No, so, so you um, you play your character. Yeah, metagaming is using out-of-game knowledge nah. or uh, things like this. Or, or building your character to do well. Yeah, like, that's, that's used, more min-maxing, but that's the type of it. Yeah. That's the same kind of thing. No, I, I don't like it. I used no. to be quite bad at, at, at it at the beginning of my career. Fair enough. It's, yeah. But you, that was just because I was just like, yeah, but I'll, I'll play it. Because, you know, I was playing it from the perspective of... Uh, Playing a video game kind of thing, I'm just like, yeah, well, if I know that, and I'm going to try this manoeuvre, but it's just like, but I'm- yeah, fair enough. I suppose it's how you kind of just, like get into it as well. Like when me and Ryke obviously joined up with you guys for your second round of gaming properly, I think we, it was very much we we got that the role playing part was big, and we kind of yeah. grasped yeah. that, and yeah. then that became our favourite aspect of the game. So, but to be honest, I don't think we have it much in our game. So. No, no, I don't. I, I think, think there's only pretty squashed out. Yeah, I think there's only one place where it helped. I'm not going to say names, and it was just at the con. There was someone who was just reminding us of certain plays that you could use in Savage Worlds. Yeah, but then I would argue that that um, that sometimes that person is handy, but then yeah, it, sometimes. But I would argue that that when you when you slow down everything to get into tedious rules discussion, boring. it's boring. Yeah, and it all boring. I would say is that that ultimately what you should do at any time is just. Uh, Say your players should just say what your character does because you're role playing your character. Mm-hmm. If you say this, um, okay, my character runs in, tries to trip him up. Okay, that, and then your DM would say that's an agility trick. You don't need to be that player at that table that's constantly like ah, nah, nah, rules, rules, rules because that is just boring. Just it role is. play what your character does. At the end of the day, don't make a game. It's, it, it, it only ever destroys immersion. Yeah, yeah totally. I, and it's not all about winning. Like I, you know, that's you don't win an RPG, mate. That's the thing. Win, yeah, win the game, win the game, win the game. I guess that's what the meta guys get. Yeah, and sometimes tied up into. But sometimes it's good to fuck about and actually die and oh, totally, know, yeah, story and, and moves it along. Sometimes and creates a funny situation. Yeah, and it was like losing in Fallout recently, where all of our characters died, and we created a prologue for our current characters. That was actually amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and it yeah. made for a better story. Sometimes losing in an amusing way can be better than. Winning. Open to new opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, mate. Um, where possible, never do it, because I don't think it ever helps. I mean, if you're if you're at a game and you're looking up stuff in the book or looking up stuff in Wikipedia, it's like how Gary always said. He, he um, had this thing where 
uh, he always had players looking up the monsters they were fighting in the monster manual to see oh. what they can do. Nah, it's like, well, it's your player way. would never know that. Yeah, yeah. So why are you looking up stuff on, on, on the Pathfinder Wikipedia or the Call of Cthulhu Wikipedia when you're playing it? Yeah. What, this how is, would you know that? How would you certainly find that out? And I, don't think, I don't think we've ever done it and we ever will. But if you're playing a game where it's, it's more of a, of a puzzle, right? So therefore, you will allow the player to literally get all the information and then try their best, right? With all the knowledge that their actual character won't have then sure but I don't think we'll ever ever play that he's not like looking at the looking at the monster and seeing what you can do but if it's like you're really you're you're really weak so you need so with all the knowledge it will just assist you mm. then yeah but I don't think it will ever ever come into play with our group ever no and I'm really really glad for that yeah mm-hmm. um, next question comes in from Owen Lean who in the games industry would you most like to slap in the face so hard their teeth literally get embedded in the opposite wall? Now, I wouldn't like to do it that hard, so let's Harrison. just put it this way. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You know, um, Owen Lean did did uh, did actually put a little addendum to this, and it said, besides me, of course. <laughs> so, so that's good. We're all going to say we'd like to give Owen a little tap on the face. A little tap on the face. Just not a friendly one. So, no, we're going to say, who would you like Correct. to slap? We don't want to kill them. We just want to slap them. And um, I've got a good answer for this. Daniel Ducker. <laughs> right this guy's not technically in the games industry but he's got such an annoying presence oh that, my he's, God. That, that, that he's been noticed by the games industry he's though. a wind up merchant he's a wind I don't know if he is though oh. see this okay let me describe this guy to you Facebook Facebook listeners because this, this, this guy is on Facebook constantly right he's on the official Savage Worlds Facebook Ryan and he he comes out with these posts that he he's a lunatic, right? Yeah. He, he plays Savage Worlds and he says, I don't use Ezus, I don't use hindrances, I don't use pace, charisma, toughness, I don't use any of this I don't stuff. use story. I don't use story, I don't use anything. I don't all, use skills. All I, use I don't use what? dice. No, he, 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 does, <laughs> yeah. he does use skills and attributes. That's yeah, I'm it. Just, I'm and he joking. only ever rolls those two things and he rules out pretty much everything else uh-huh. to the point where it's unrecognisable as Savage Worlds and it's just a pamphlet. And he says, you know what I love about Savage Worlds? <laughs> and it's like, what? What do you love about <laughs> you Savage Worlds? cut everything out. Of it. You yeah, love you're a madman. killing it. And then yeah. he, he comes on to he comes onto the Facebook constantly and he says these outrageously stupid things. Who plays with this guy? Does he play by himself? Yeah, no, yeah, he, yeah, well yeah, exactly. And he plays with his mates and then he, he the other day he comes on there and he goes, um he said I was in a five fifth, fifth edition game last night, D and D and he goes, um and somebody uh, rolled to hit and they rolled really high and then rolled one damage. And I said, if you're playing Savage Worlds, high accuracy means high damage. And well no, you're wrong. Because mm. if you rolled high accuracy, you get an extra D6 damage, and that means a minimum of three. So so that so you're wrong. So that means that it means at it's least... It's bigger th- probability. Yeah, it just means, it. It means at least three damage. I mean, you, so you're wrong. And he, he, he constantly does these posts that get everyone in the comments completely pissed <laughs> off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many people. Yeah, and then even like Shane Hensley, the writer of Savage Worlds, noticed these posts and he just he put he commented saying, I don't think this game is for you. When the guy who created the game actively says, doesn't want you to buy his product. Go play something else. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's a, he's a nutter. He's an absolute nutter, yeah. Everything and then he posted the other day that he had an idea for a setting and wanted all the community to write it for him. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah. you are a Fucking idiot. He's a nutter. He is a nutter. His name's Ducker. Yeah, Daniel Ducker. Keep Check an him eye out for him because he's insane. He's probably my bitch's ass. The fucker Ducker. You'll often see, <laughs> yeah, Daniel Fucker. You'll often see me commenting on his posts and I just, I, I get incensed. I'm just like, you, I just want to, and, and it's, maybe it's just a wind up. 
He I might be a troll, like, he, but yeah. I don't know because he's he still doing a... it. He's a very dedicated troll if he is. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and you see his profile picture as well. And I'm not saying, oh, you're ugly or anything like this, but what, his profile picture, he's got this shit eating grin. Like, he knows <laughs> yes. what he's doing. <laughs> like, he's just like, <laughs> smug. He's like, I'm winding you up. <laughs> yeah, it's always like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Daniel Ducker all the way. And he's, he's, he's a current one as well. So, yeah, that's him. That's my answer. Cool. I got an answer. Go. Byron Hall. Yeah, good answer. Right or fatal? Yeah. Oh, fuck, he's fucking mad. And I, I see all of his friends. Is he still alive? I don't know. Hopefully not. Um, <laughs> James. I can't say that. No, I'm joking. Joking. Um, no, 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 no. Him and all of his plays testers and the people that surrounded him and told him to continue. Because there was people, the massive list of people that helped out with, with, with playtesting it. So there's people who had to sift through all the rules, make sure that the uh, anal circumference was correct. Yeah, because Fatal was one of the worst, so you'd like disgusting to, games of all time. Yeah, and so you not so much the writer, you think that the slap's more deserving to the people that actually egged him on and made it become oh, him, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but they were almost more too. to blame, aren't they, really? Let's be honest. No, no, no. He, he, I think he's the kind of person that it would have come out anyway. Fair yeah, enough. Because he, he expressed some pretty disgusting views in that. Yeah. I think that it, as well... He's very arrogant. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You remember at the end of the book where he thanked himself? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Me. Yeah. I don't oh. thank myself oh, for being a lunatic. Yeah. So, uh, Nick, how about you? Okay, well, I'd like to slap a publishing company, if I could. <laughs> yeah, go on. Um, you just go up to a building and yeah, slap Yeah, just it. slap the side just of it. Oh, my hand. I, I'm going to slap, um, I think it's Catalyst Games that make Shadow Run. Yeah, yeah. Do you know why? Because they, don't get me wrong, the product's amazing, but for the price you pay, I've seen so many comments about how badly put together their stuff is and yeah, how long it apart. doesn't last. Yeah, yeah. You pay yeah. 50 quid for a book that falls apart. No. Yeah. Two weeks, yeah. No, no, and for no, something no. that's been going as long as Shadow Run and it's so, like, so big in the established you would have thought they put that in the hobby, in. It's you the, think, um, what are you doing? It's the third biggest game in the industry at the that, moment. Well, there you go. And yeah, to be able to churn out cheap shit that falls apart and at such an extortionate price, I think they deserve a slap because they've been they've been in the game long enough. They know what they're doing and they can do better than that. So take that, John Shadow Run. Yeah. Ryan, right, how slap. about you? Um, I mean, you're not you're not that big on your industry knowledge, but no, just, no, just pick sure. someone at random. Yeah, well, that definitely would be you, mate. There you go. Oh, because I'm the only that. industry person you know. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you're the only person that's bad involved. So by default, I'm getting a slap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, that's it. There you go. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Manuel Sams comes in next and says, how was the whiskey and liquor? I don't know what he's talking about. Um, well, he sent uh, James and I a bottle because he was supposed to be staying with us when he yeah. came down to visit SavageCon. Sadly, he's couldn't make it. He sent me some liqueur. All I'm going to say is this, Manuel, ask the empty bottle that's in my recycling. <laughs> yes, yeah. nice. I've, I've been super unwell uh, since. I'm still getting over my illness. So as of yet, it's unopened, but Ooh. I cannot wait. You know what? At SavageCon, obviously, it, it, it is, uh, there's never a better time to get minted than during a convention. And obviously, I got minted. Um, I didn't drink the whole bottle by myself. I shared it with Morgan and me and him had a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're talking about the aftermath. Yeah. Um, no, but thank you very much, Manuel. I've, I'm really, really uh, uh, thankful. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, no, wait. You didn't get one. He wasn't oh, yeah, staying at right. your house. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't ask. Well, why would you want to stay at your house? That's true. It's really that's far true. away. You live in a bin. Yeah. That's true. It's a nice bin, though. Yeah, it's a nice bin. It's a nice bin. bin. It's got a roof got that a you can take off. little record player in there. Okay, so next question comes in from Owen Lean. Uh, Nick, you want to read this one? Yeah, I shall read this one. Owen Lean comes in with another one and he says, Which human being would you most want to lock in a bunker and force to play Fatal and read The Void? Uh, Considus <laughs> awakens for the next 20 years. So this is essentially the worst RPG and the worst book. And they have to be in a bunker. So this can be anyone. It doesn't have to be an RPG person. 
I'm going to pick an RPG person. Oh, yeah. I'm going Sean Patrick Fannin on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's going in the bunker. You're putting him in the bunker? He's yeah, going in the funky it. bunker. Oh, oh, he'd enjoy it. Oh, Sean Patrick Fannin would like Fatal, wouldn't he? <sighs> Oh no! Yeah. Well, shut, shut, he's on. He's in there. He's no, in there anyway. I don't think he'd enjoy being in a bunker for twenty years. That's no, the problem. There's no kids in there, is there? <laughs> Whoa! Oh, it's fine. That's the guest <laughs> views. You mine. don't even know who that is. No, I don't know who <laughs> he is. Fucking. He's playing pizza. Sorry, man. Need a kidney fiddler. He's on the register, isn't he? <laughs> so, what do you guys think happened? One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. Well, that's kind of far out. Mazes and Monsters is a far out game. Swords, poison, spells, battles, maiming, killing. Hey, it's all imagination. Is it? Yes, definitely. I'll be talking to you. All right, see you later. All right, so that's it for another show. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. Nick? Uh, send us an email, tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Or you can get in contact with us on Twitter, which is Ryan at twitter.com. Shit. <laughs> Close. At tabletop twats. at twitter.com. I don't know it. Well, what? I don't know it. Why haven't you, know. have you done your fucking homework? <laughs> Come on, Look, mate. You speak to my agent, you book me. Okay, okay it's at. Ta- shut up, shut up. <laughs> it's at tabletop twats. <laughs> James? Right, Facebook is uh, forward slash tabletop T. And of course, if you like what we do, which God help you, uh, Why would you, yeah. you know, uh, chuck us a buck on Patreon. Sean Sling Patrick Fannin, give us some money. Um, and that's about it for another show. Of course, when you're not watching this show, you know, um, you, your life, will, it doesn't move on. It doesn't move on because what else out is there in the world? We looked out there earlier, it's a fucking wasteland. So I'm going to give you a thought for the week to keep you going until we release another episode. And that is, if you put a slinky onto an escalator, will it go forever? Mm. <laughs> but that leaves one last thing to be said. And that is this. The other day I was in a bunker and I was reading Fatal and I was also um, having a look at the Void Conceitous Awakening. And I actually realised there's a hidden message in both of those things. If you take the first letter of each page and the second word in every paragraph and you put them all together, right, and then you throw that in the bin because that that don't mean nothing. And then you go to a Buddhist monk and you ask him for one piece of sage advice. He will give you thus. Chicken mukbang. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.